This podcast was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG AFTRA strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the television and movies being covered here would not exist. We stand with the writers and actors and support their call for equitable and fair treatment for everyone in the industry. You can support those on strike by making a donation at entertainmentcommunityfund.org, which will go to a writer, actor, or other entertainment worker in need. You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to Thunder Quack Perfect 10. I am your host, Michael Cohen. Uh, every episode, we dive deep with a special guest into a piece of pop culture they adore. Is it a 10 out of 10? Maybe, but to them, it's an undeniable masterpiece. So sit back, get comfy, and let's find some joy talking Final Fantasy 16 with the illustrious Joe Hogan. Uh, hey, Joe, I. Hey, listeners. That sounded new, didn't it? Uh, I'm taking things more seriously. We're in season two of Perfect Ten, okay? We did our our first year of episodes, um, and I I sometimes with a podcast you're like, oh, let's do let's do a few, let's see how it goes, let's find the voice, let's find the the vibe. Um, is it something that I want to keep doing? I love doing Perfect Ten. I love this podcast. Um, I have loved doing it with a certain set of people. So get <laughs> used to hearing certain voices over and over and over again. All of that to say, uh, I hope you guys like the new intro. It'll be a sort of a bit of a mainstay. I, I it'll switch up a little bit every episode, but but uh, but that's sort of like our new our new thing. I uh, I and I. Uh, and, and yeah, like get used to, to some of these voices coming back. Uh, we just did an episode with Missy, which was the second one with her. Uh, Joe, this is your third episode of Perfect Time. Yeah, we um, did Ghost, Ghostbusters and Ocarina of Time, I believe. Yeah, the other yeah. Two. I, I, and I... Uh, and uh, and and listen, Missy's gonna be back in two episodes. So like, because oh, we're, right. we're gonna cool. we're gonna talk about something around Halloween. So. Um, I, yeah, it's just, you know, I, uh, Ty's been back a couple of times. I, I, there are certain people that like, here's the thing, like they get it right. Not like, that's no shade to anybody else who's been on the podcast. It's just that like, like the, the, the vibe matches up, uh, better with certain guests than, than with others just by nature of, of, of what we do. Right. So, um, so with that in mind, get used to it. I'm going to make Joe come on this show all the time because he always uh, says yes. He always says yes. And but I hate things. <laughs> but yeah, like you like you get it. You get what it is, which is that like, listen, listen, shut up. I don't care if you think it's a 10 out of 10. We think it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Right. It's um, the celebration of it. Totally. And and I cannot think of a better topic to really like kind of exemplify that in this moment than 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 this game because 
uh, it's polarizing to say the least. There are some people yeah. who really, really hate this game. Yeah. Um, but you and I came out of nowhere, dark horse <laughs> of the year, like video of like in a year. Listen, 2023, just to put you guys in the place. The, first of all, this is the fastest turnaround on a, on a perfect 10 from release to 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 discuss. <laughs> oh, really? That's this is the, this is like like this game only came out a couple of months ago. And right. here we are already declaring it a perfect 10, right? Mm. Um, so it is, the, it is the fastest turnaround. And it, it like this might be, this might stand for a long time as the fastest turnaround on a perfect 10. Because I, I usually it's, you know, usually we're talking about things that are a little bit more like pop culture and nostalgia, sure. like parts yeah. of, parts of, 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 you know, the pop culture pantheon, right? But this one, it's like, it just, it just came like blaring out, out of the gate. Um, in a year in 2023, when there are so many incredible video games, <laughs> this year's ridiculous, man. It's insane, right? And I, I, and 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 for me, has actually been like a defining experience this year, which which is just ridiculous. So we'll get into all of that. Um, but I, I, but before we do, before we get into the into the nitty gritty. Let's take a, a just a little step back, uh, and and I am going to again see like this. We learned from the first year and going into season two, uh, as I as I'm calling it of of Perfect Ten. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Mm. I'll be doing the intro of what what is Final Fantasy sixteen. Okay. I I and then from there we're gonna we're gonna discuss it. We're gonna break it down. We're gonna get into why it's a perfect ten for for us. So what is Final Fantasy 16? All right, nerds, today we're embarking on a journey into a realm where magic intertwines with technology, where mythical creatures roam vast lands and heroes rise to defy the forces of evil. I wrote this beforehand, guys. Like this was written beforehand. Okay. Smooth like butter. Yeah. Uh, for those who might not be familiar, and I know it's hard to imagine, we're talking about the legendary video game series Final Fantasy. First introduced in the late 1980s by the Japanese company Square, now Square Enix, Final Fantasy has captured the hearts and imaginations of gamers across the globe. Each installment stands as its own unique story, filled with sprawling narratives, unforgettable characters, and epic battles. It's a world where chocobos, moogles, and airships are the norm. The series has been praised not only for its storytelling, but also for its groundbreaking music and artwork. So whether you've spent countless hours leveling up your characters or have never even heard of a limit break, buckle up, because today we're diving deep into the fantastical world of Final Fantasy. Now, we're specifically going to talk about Final Fantasy 16. And here's the here's the the little intro on Final Fantasy 16. Building on the rich legacy of its predecessors, Final Fantasy 16 is the latest installment in the storied franchise. Venturing into a world that feels grittier and more realistic, this game delves deep into a land torn apart by conflict and kaiju-like magical creatures known as icons. Our protagonist, Clive Rossfield, is the first shield of Rosaria, whose main duty is to protect his younger brother, Joshua, the dominant of the Phoenix, Icon of Fire. As the narrative unfolds, the bonds of brotherhood are tested, allegiances shift, and the fate of their world hangs in the balance. With its breathtaking graphics, intricate combat system, and a tale of vengeance at its heart, Final Fantasy 16 has the makings of a perfect 10. I, Joe, 
how, well how, said. how are you feeling about uh, about Final Fantasy in general, and then Final Fantasy sixteen? Uh, like, like I guess let's start with like a, a like just a, like like let's lay some groundwork on what Final sure. Fantasy means to us. Okay, because I think cool. for both of us, it's a. Uh, People might have actually heard this already on an episode of the Thunderquack podcast back in the day where, where Joe and I talked about Final Fantasy. Um, the episode is titled Final Fantasy is Belts. Uh, if you want to go and listen to that one, <laughs> we go we get a little bit deeper into Final Fantasy in general. But uh, but just sort of like give me the give me the 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 foundation for you with Final Fantasy as a franchise. Uh, so my first one was seven uh which was on the playstation one of course uh i had picked up a ps1 around 1999 so seven eight and nine were were already out on that obviously all of the other ones were previously released on nes and super nintendo and all that stuff um but my first exposure was seven i remember i remember seven being as big as ocarina of time when it released and I didn't have a PS1, so it was just like, well, I have a Nintendo 64, so I'm focused on Nintendo stuff. But it was kind of like that, almost grass is greener on the other side, where uh, you're kind of looking over the fence like, oh, well, this other game looks really cool. So I did end up picking up that PS1. My first game I ever bought was Final Fantasy VII. Fell in love with it, because I had never played a turn-based game before Pokemon Red and Blue and loved that game obviously and then moved on to seven loved seven picked up nine after after seven because i heard mixed things about eight loved nine picked up eight loved eight eventually got a ps2 played 10 loved that game and uh i've continued with it since then so i i enjoyed 12 i didn't really like 13 15 was cool but it's it, it started for me, you know, you, you sort of asked before, like, where, how I feel about Final Fantasy. 15 was kind of when I realized maybe this series is turning into something that mm. isn't for me anymore. Yeah. Which, not to discredit 15 or people who like 13 or whatever, but I think the last one that I really, like, in my heart of hearts loved was 10 at that point. Um, and I never played the MMO, still to this day, I have never played the MMO ones. Mm. Um and then I actually went back and played six and loved that game because I did not have a SNES growing up either. Loved six, loved four. And uh, so that's what I was kind of walking into. Like I've played some of the spinoff games. Love Final Fantasy Tactics. I love Final Fantasy as a series. I like the numbered ones. I like most of the spinoff ones that I've played. Seven Remake is amazing. Like I, I am a huge Final Fantasy fan uh, from, from the get go. So when I saw 16, I was a little like, huh, I feel like this is going to be more of the same for me because, you know, going back and it, it, the fact that I went back and played six, having never played it before, it made me realize, oh, this is the type of Final Fantasy that I enjoy. Like the spinoff stuff is cool, but like this is my bread and butter Final Fantasy. And yeah. I had kind of been getting that over the past few years from Octopath Traveler and the Bravely, Bravely Default series, which is also Square Enix. So for me, I was kind of at the point earlier this year where I'm saying to myself, well, if I want Final Fantasy now, I think I have to kind of abandon the mainline series mm. and just stick with, you know, Bravely Default and Octopath. Because I think those are the games that 
are made kind of for the old curmudgeons like me that want stuff the way it always used to be. So that was my mentality going into this. So uh, what about you? I I know you had mentioned at some point that you don't have too much experience with Final Fantasy before this, right? Like you have like you played like a few of them. I so um, I. Uh, like you, I did not have a PlayStation, so mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, I, I, my my console history goes NES, Game Boy, Sega Genesis. Actually, we got the Game Boy and the Genesis the same Christmas. It was oh, unbelievable. Cool. We got the Gen- <laughs> Genesis two with Sonic two, Jurassic Park, uh, NHL ninety four, and the Spider Man video game. Mm-hmm. I uh, man, I and then I got and then I got the Game Boy the the like sort of like the full travel set that comes with tetris and and the headphones and all of the like little accessories or whatever the little magnifying mm-hmm. glass with the light um and uh, and kirby because that like i had been just relentless about it just like <laughs> i gotta get kirby so i got the game we got both of those the same christmas so that was that was the best christmas of my entire life that's I awesome. I, that was third grade unbelievable christmas um that Genesis is important because that sort of like defines where I go. I, cause from third grade forward, I am Sonic the Hedgehog fan. Number one, I'm collecting the comic books. I'm, I'm, I'm playing the video games. That is, that's like my life. At that well, point. I, I, like I, I was obsessed. I, I hate to interrupt you, but I have to ask this question before I forget it. Yeah. I was also a big Sonic fan as a kid. Uh, the thing I wanted more than anything in the world were Sonic the Hedgehog figures. Did you guys have Sonic figures in Canada? Because I was dying for Sonic toys. No, I mean, like, so <laughs> that's so funny. The There was a, a candy toy that came out around this same point in time. Um, mm-hmm. it, you popped the back of Sonic's spines came off the back and like inside his head, his big round head. Where, 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 oh, where, I had that. Candy. I did have that. It I was did the, have that. It was the only like Sonic toy that you yep. get other than there was yep. that. And then there were the McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Yes. That came yeah. out that okay. Thing. Yeah. Same. This is all thing. around. This same is thing. all around the time of like, like between Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. Right. Yeah. Like, Cause I think those toys of, were Sonic 3. Yeah. Yeah. The, the toys were Sonic 3 for sure. Um, so I had that. I now have many Sonic toys. I have so much Sonic <laughs> ephemera around this house. I mean, I've got a beautiful first four uh, statue. The first one that they oh, did, man. actually. Um, where awesome, it's, it's a guys. classic Sonic pose. He's got his finger on the nose sort of thing. Um, uh, but anyways, that would like th- that Sega Genesis and Sonic the Hedgehog sort of defined my, my, my gaming future for a long time. Um, and eventually we got an N64. Um, uh, and then uh, you know it was always these are these listen this was the console war era right like it, <laughs> there was no video games were not a thing of like it wasn't just you know everybody's got video games it was like certain kids had video game consoles and you maybe had one in your house maybe yeah. you had two or three if you had like older ones like you had upgraded yeah. to newer yeah. stuff but like at this point in time, when I've got an N64, you go to somebody's house and they still just have a Super Nintendo. And that's all they've ever had. Yeah, right. Sure. I never had the Super Nintendo. Yeah, um, me neither. I, I never had the PlayStation. I, so it wasn't until, man, it must have been 99 or 2000. It was 2000. It would have been 2000 when, when I, I first played. Uh, both Final Fantasy VIII and Final <laughs> Fantasy VI. It, awesome. Like, 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 
almost like together. Uh, I borrowed a PlayStation wow. from my friend. <laughs> And um, uh, sorry to follow that up. The next console, like instead of getting a PlayStation, I had the 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 um, the N64, and then before the PS2, I got a Dreamcast because I was a Sonic. Fan. Oh wow! So it was like so I had a Dreamcast like like within a month of the Dreamcast coming out um, to play Sonic Adventure and and all that. So I was in that world like that. Mm. I, I yeah it, it, i played grandia 2 that was like everybody else was playing like <laughs> like i uh, uh, these games on the playstation 2 and i'm i'm playing grandia 2 on on my dreamcast which was awesome because it had this great voice acting and all that sort of thing um before ff10 came out um so it was like i was like you guys are so behind reading text <laughs> um i but at at some point uh, like in in 2000 I, I borrowed a playstation from my friend and i I and Final Fantasy VIII and and got into that. So that was my first experience playing Final Fantasy myself. I had seen a bit of seven as people were playing it. Um, I we had a, like a video game store that we would hang out at, and so there would be video games like on the TV, and you sit around and like uh, you know the older kids would be playing things like Final Fantasy, and you'd you'd sit and you'd watch them play it. So. I like I got it like I like I, I saw Final Fantasy 7 and was like okay like it's kind of cool but I don't really like understand this whole I hadn't played an RPG at that point like I had not mm. play, played a turn-based RPG I'm I'm like I'm like 12 or 13 right so I'm like oh, this is this is dumb uh, I like I like action games I want to I want to smash stuff and um and I'm looking over at Mario 64 and I'm going like that's my jam like I want to play <laughs> that I want to play Banjo-Kazooie um at that point in time that's what i'm focused on so um oh that's another perfect 10 man banjo kazooie banjo kazooie 100 percent. oh my god i i yeah listen we might have to do it (laughs) because we're doing we're recording this episode in the midst of the wga and sag after strikes um and and there is a video game sag after a strike looming it could go into effect mm-hmm. any day gotta get this episode out now <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> if that happens then we can, we will shift over to games that like we talk about video games that have no voice actors <laughs> yeah there you go um but uh yeah and comic books that'll pro- pretty much be what perfect <clears throat> 10 is until until unless you are on patreon you'll get other episodes um you can go listen to our last episode the the uh the the ninja turtles episode over on patreon if you if you missed that you're wondering where we've been um but uh, I, yeah, so uh, eventually I play Final Fantasy VIII and um, it hits like it hit me, it hits me at exactly the right time because I'm 15, right? In, mm-hmm. in 2000. So it's like that is the sweet spot for the protagonist squall, right? Like, like, yeah, uh, he's broody. He's got an attitude. He has a sword that has a gun in it and a scar across his face <laughs> and a wicked leather jacket with a furry collar and, and that necklace. I mean, like just peak. Yeah. Just peak 2000 <laughs> yeah. edgelord. Yeah. Yeah. 15 year old nonsense. Right. Sure. And I'm like, when I grow up, I want to be just like squall. Um, and uh, and so like that sort of cements itself as like this is my numero uno. This is like like Final Fantasy VIII. I always say that your favorite Final Fantasy VIII is the first one you played, right? Um, because it, it, like that's what hooks you into it, and then you explore the other ones, and you go, okay, yeah. you're always comparing it to that metric, right? Um, and then so I'm playing FF8. I never finished it. I got to uh, like like the 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 
the fourth disc and and never actually finished it at that time because um, my friend wanted his PlayStation back. So I gave him back his PlayStation and then I borrowed a Super Nintendo from another friend. Or no, actually, I bought a Super Nintendo. I bought wow, the the, cool. the Slim, the the because this was like this is around the same time that like I'm working in my mom's store. I uh, so I'm like I you know I can so I didn't get paid in a traditional sense, but I was able to be like yeah, I've been working a lot. Give me some money. Um, so <laughs> so I got like the fifty or sixty dollars or whatever it was that I needed to go buy a used Super Nintendo, and I got the slim one, the 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 version two, um, which I don't know if you're if you've ever seen this like like a very like compact version of the Super Nintendo. It's so beauty. I still have it. It's it's a it's a piece of art. Um, the original Super Nintendo looks great too, like just from a design perspective, it's very nostalgic, and whatever. But the the slim down one, I can't remember what what the code name for it is, but it's it's beautiful. I love it. Um, so I got that, and and my friend, my friend Bill, who I will eventually bring on Perfect Ten. He's never been on a podcast before, but eventually uh, I got to get Bill onto a podcast. Yeah. Bill, Bill is Bill is my best friend because uh, he he is the guy that is like no matter what. I can call him up. I call him at three in the morning. He answers the phone for me. Mm. Um, like uh, we've been friends since I was like 13 years old. So I, I, and even though we don't talk all the time, it's like, we never miss a beat. The second we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Bill is like, you play, you, you were playing final fantasy eight. You have to play final fantasy three. <laughs> Cause that's what's so, on the cartridge. So right? wait, you, you, was this before or after you bought it? Cause like what prompted you to buy, the Super the Nintendo. SNES, if you didn't already have access to Final Fantasy, Super Star Wars. Ah, uh, okay. I, just I just didn't have a Super Nintendo, so I was like, okay. I'm gonna so you just wanted to go back and get one. Yeah. Cool. Um, there was a bunch of games that I wanted to play, so I yeah. So so he's like, you got to play this, and so he lends me his cartridge of Final Fantasy three, which for those who know, like even at that time, even in two thousand, like this thing is rare af it is like holy crap this is like the holy grail of super nintendo collections it's like that and chrono trigger so he actually lent me both. Yeah. like he's like oh. he's like here you go ff6 uh, not six at that time three right but it is actually six is the whole thing dude put it on the list for perfect 10 Maybe yeah chrono and then trigger. chrono trigger and he's chrono and, and he, he's like he's like it doesn't matter which one of these you play first you are gonna love both of them so yep. just pick one and just go so i put six in and i'm like i'm just like oh my god like from the jump on yeah. ff6 yeah. I'm like, this is it. Like, this is it. I, I, so it's so funny. Cause I'll, I'll often say eight is my favorite, but six is the best. Like six is the best final fantasy <laughs> has ever been and, and ever will be like, there's no, there is no argument against that. It's just like, it really, everything else. I know people love seven and I understand why people love seven, but six, seven doesn't exist without six. Six is the game that defines what final fantasy is right yeah. um and I, that, I objectively agree with that like yeah. as much as i love the ones that i love i can look at six totally. and be like yeah no this is this no, is this obviously is the best one this but. is the template it takes everything from the first five games uh and mystic quest unfortunately uh and it <laughs> mystic quest is the first spinoff and it was terrible um and and it 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 takes everything that's great and it learns from all of its mistakes. It is the first one that is really like that 
like grand epic story. Five has a pretty good story as well, but but six is the one where it really like hones in on like technology, magic, uh, summons, all of, like these things that we now consider like mainstays yeah. of Staple, the Final yeah. Fantasy franchise. They were defined in six, right? So I'm playing that game, and like right from the right from the jump, the music, I I just that like I I. I the, the that initial theme right like as the as the magitech armor is walking in the snow and yeah, it's just like terrorist theme yeah yeah terrorist theme it's like it is it is cinematic in a way that like i just i've just come off of final fantasy 8 which is like at that point in time i think i think 9 had like just come out but i didn't play it yet um and 10 was sort of like in the offing but mm. um but i uh, but but ff8 has awesome FMVs, right? Like, like the, 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 the cutscenes are great. Um, but they feel very video gamey. Like it feels sure. like they don't, because we're at the early stages of CG. Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. so there, there's, they're doing stuff with the camera that feels cinematic, but also feels like really kind of silly. When you look back at it, it's like overly grandiose. Whereas FF six is like at the tail end of the, like, this is the best we can do with 16 bit graphics right like so they are really pushing that to its limit and that opening is like sort of fades up from black with this snow and this music and these like there's just this very slow opening and you're just like what is this game this is amazing right and then you get into the story and it's just it just it just goes from there builds and builds and builds it's amazing um from there, it's like eventually I would I would try out nine. wasn't really for me. I played a bit of ten when it came out, um, but never really like followed it through because I didn't have a PlayStation two. So I, I kind of just had to play it, you know, where I could grab bits and pieces of it. Um, and I wouldn't really reengage with the Final Fantasy franchise again until Kingdom Hearts, which I which puts Squall, although he is under a different name, he's he's called <laughs> Leon. Leon. Um, but it is Squall. Super cool I, I, he he's a very he's a very central character in that, voiced by David Boreanaz. And at the time, I was like, "Oh my god, they made him even cooler!" Now I go back and play <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, and I'm like, David Boreanaz did not understand what he was doing. <laughs> like 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 I don't think that they told him that he was the voice of a character like that would be animated. I think that he thought he was just, like he didn't understand that like people are gonna hear you say these lines. <laughs> like the like the character is gonna talk in the video game. I don't think that he got it. Like I like I go back and I watch that. Everybody else in that game is delivering like an incredible performances, right? Like like all like all the Disney characters and stuff are totally on point. Haley Joel Osment as Sora is a ten out of ten. Like I mean, we've already Lance, done perfect, Lance perfect Bass, time. man, as Sephiroth ba- with the <laughs> three lines of dialogue. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I mean, like we've talked about the kingdom hearts franchise already on perfect time go back and listen to that episode um so like that's where i kind of re-engage with it and then and then like uh crystal chronicles uh tactics and tactics uh advance stuff like that like so like there are other ones that i kind of played and then and then when the game boy versions of uh i think there's like a compilation of one and two when that came out i got that and i was like i which were like updated Game Boy Advance versions of, of mm-hmm. the original NES games. And it was just like, oh, there's not, there's, there's just not enough here for me. Like I just, yeah. I, I just couldn't get hooked on it. Um, 
but I uh, so I've played I've played almost every game in the franchise a certain extent. I played quite a bit of 12, but but fell off because that story just was like too much. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like like I, I just often go back and, and, and play eight and and six uh, over and over and over again. But then like I didn't I didn't go anywhere near 13 or 15 um just because i looked at them and was like i don't think that this is for me like it it just i tried to play uh seven remake and it just it just didn't gel um really yeah that it just is didn't. disappointing i know very it just, sad to hear that it just uh, like there was a lot of it that i enjoyed but then like the that story just like in the middle of that game if you don't have the nostalgia and they're like now wander around this junk town for four <laughs> hours of this game with well, like very little instruction and no character building and nothing really happening. It's like, I'm sure it's very cool. If you're like, man, I remember when this was a little Sprite walking around and it's like, cool. Good for you. I'm fighting rats. Like, where's the story that everybody talks about in this game? Um, and I know well, that it does come eventually, but like, it just it just was taking too long for me. And I just right. I, I think that's a f- fair way to feel, especially as someone who has not played the original fully. Because yeah. I mean, I, I I know you know this, but people listening may not. So, Final Fantasy Remake is only the first third yeah. of the story of Final Fantasy VII. So, there's going to be two more remake installments and what a lot of people also don't realize before they play this game including myself because it was it's literally called final fantasy 7 remake it's actually taking the story and changing it in ways that a lot of people did not expect it and i can't really go into detail without uh spoiling spoiling anything and i don't want to do that but the the crux of it is they did divide it into three parts and stretched out one third of the game into a full game so they had to take an ad and and tweak it but like because of that the middle is just like well yeah (laughs) here's a bunch of fetch quests yeah figure it out yeah Yeah. just just keep going don't worry about it don't think about it can you just go kill 10 rats for me yeah like it's just it's not very fun so um, it didn't bother me, but like yeah. I, I absolutely have that nostalgia for it. For the record, totally. seven, while my first one is not my favorite one, ten is my favorite one, but seven is a very close second. So you're, you're, and it's probably because of, like you said, the the attachment to it. The, you know, that's where I got hooked. That's yeah. my perception of Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy seven and totally. X Y Z. Okay, sorry, totally. go ahead. No, I, I mean, so I mean that basically brings us up to up to this game, right? Where like. I was pretty much ignoring it. It was like Final Fantasy 16 yeah. is coming out this year. I, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then and then the demo drops. And I hear a little bit of murmurings of like, it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. People said that about 15 as well. I, I don't know that it's for me. I played the 15 demo. It didn't, it didn't hook me, right? I was like, yeah, I can see where this is a little bit more like the Kingdom Hearts play style. Like, like I, I can get behind that. I, I really like the way that the kingdom hearts games play um the core games at least <laughs> i 
I, so, you know, like, like that's cool. I'm, I'm okay with them moving in that direction, but I just don't, I just, I just don't know if I care about these characters, the, the, the boy band road trip characters. So I didn't, I just kind of bounced off of 15, not like nothing against it. It just didn't, it just didn't vibe for me. So, um, and there are so many games these days. So 16 is coming out. The demo drops. People are kind of like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm sure that people who like Final Fantasy will like this game, who like 15 and who like 13 are going to like this game. Um, And then I start hearing from some people that I really respect in in the gaming space going like, dude, this game, this game, (laughs) this story is awesome. And so I'm like, okay, cool. If the story is good, let me just, it costs nothing to play the demo. I, so I will just download the demo and I will get into it. So I, like, I go into this demo going like, whatever. I'm like, I'm probably going to bounce off of this. We'll like, let's just see. I just want to be a part of the conversation. I want to be able to talk about it with people if it comes up. Right. Um, I play through the demo and by the end of the demo and the way that the demo is structured with the story is like, it gets you right up to like the, the, the end of the first act basically. Right. And it's, it's a five act story. So it gets you up to the end. It's very Shakespearean. I love it. I, I it gets you up to the end of the first act. And at the end of the first <clears throat> act, a major series of events happens um from here on out everybody we are going to spoil final fantasy 16 i know it's like the game has just basically come out sort of like in relative terms so if you haven't played through it you want to play through it and you don't want us to spoil the story pause here go play the 30 or 40 hours that you're going to need for the game and then come back and finish this episode i guess if you remember but uh but but whatever i mean like like this is the thing we're going to spoil the story i do still think that like any great story we can talk about it and we can talk about the spoilers you got to experience it as well like yeah. if you you will still get something out of it if you if you if you vibe with if you don't care about the game like about playing video games and you just want to hear us talk about the story i think it's also worth sticking around to to hear us talk about this story because it is it does have meat um and then you go back and go go watch a like a let's play or something i don't i am like on the verge uh, i'm currently currently between jobs uh which is a nice way of saying that i'm unemployed i i i am like on the verge of like should i should i i if i can set up a streaming setup should I stream this game? I just because I love it so much and I want to play through the story again. And I know that there are people who are probably listening to this podcast who don't really play video games who are like, well, I would like to be in on it. It's like, well, you can watch me play. Um, but then I don't want to be made fun of for playing with all of the guardrails on because that is how I played this game. Um, oh, so I, much. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But it's just it's just like you, the second you put yourself in the public venue, yeah, it's like sure. you open yourself up to having tomatoes thrown at you. Um, but uh, yeah, OK, so full spoilers from here on out. So when you you, you start the game in as like as young, dorky Clive. Um, and you, uh, and, and you, you, you get to this point, it's like, oh, you know, there's, there are these wars going on. You're kind of removed from it. It's very much the first episode of Game of Thrones where yeah. we're like, well, I'm training in my little castle courtyard. Um, my brother's there. Is that my sister? <laughs> it's really hard to tell. She seems kind of sisterly, but also like, she's not actually my sister. Um, there's a vibe. We'll talk about it. I, I, <laughs> 
and I got I'm training to protect my brother on the 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 first shield of Rosaria, and I'm sworn to protect the dominant of fire, the Phoenix, my little brother Joshua. It's like it's such a great setup. Um, but first, like, let's go out on our training mission. So, you know, like your final mission, like this is like your 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 final test. Uh, if you can do this, then you will be the the officially the first shield of Rosaria. So, you go off and you do that, and I'm like. Okay, fine, whatever. This gameplay is kind of fine. Then you get to the boss fight. You get to the Morble, and it's like the music kicks in. And I swear to God, just like Star Wars, 90% of my love affair with this franchise is the music. <laughs> and FF16 goes so hard. Uh, I, uh, Masa, Masayoshi Soken, not new to the franchise, but I think this is his first in the mainline, right? He did Final Fantasy fourteen, which is one of the MMOs. But usually, I, I, it's um, is it Aonuma who composed uh, all of the previous ones? Nobuo Uematsu, and not, oh, yeah, not all of the previous ones. Aonuma is he... one of the directors. I uh, yeah, yeah. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. That's it's. I don't I don't remember exactly which ones he's done like the full ones but like there are seven like, eight nine ten, ten right like, yeah. yeah well like, ten he he co-did there's there's somebody who did about half okay. of them and they kind of switched over and you can tell like when you hear it you know who is who <laughs> like it's, yeah yeah, it's yeah oh funny. for sure um so yeah so Soken comes in with this incredible score in this game like playing on some very classic themes i mean like he got me right from the get-go because the battle music starts with the same intro as the final fantasy eight um battle music which is mm. i i um yeah like it like the like it's like the the opening notes are the same and he does he does that a bunch with this score where he pulls like he pulls in some seven he pulls in some six he pulls in mm. some eight he pulls in like all of the 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 sort of classic stuff like and 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 um uh, many of the like the themes that have been there since day one uh he pulls them in but then like expands them and does more sure. with them than ever yeah. before um and makes them like really like he he assigns them to characters and to moments um and uh yeah it just like it 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 gives you that nostalgia but then also like does it in a completely new way it also brings in some <laughs> other genres of music that that um that previous Final Fantasy games have not gone anywhere near, which is very interesting because this setting is very, very fantasy. It's not mm. mixed in with the technology very much. There's a little bit of sort of like, oh, that's interesting. That's a little bit anachronistic, but but there's not as much of it as there is in in the other main installments, right? Um, but but yeah, like that score kicks in in that fight with the Morble, and I was just like, I'm uh, sixteen bells is the is the name of that song if you go listen to it on the soundtrack, and I was like, sixteen oh, bells. I'm gonna put it on in the yeah. background now. Just I was like, oh man, I, uh oh, I think I might be sold. I think I might be sold. I, and I, and then you keep going through the story. You go to the Phoenix Gate um where joshua is supposed to go he's supposed to go down into that with this phoenix gate it's like this sacred place only the dominant can go in um so that he can sort of like commune with with you know okay i hear it immediately yeah 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 um it's a i mean like 16 bells is is like a it's an instrumental version of 
find the flame, I think. Um, okay. It's either that or... The strike is 19 minutes long. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I... Oh, it's extended. That's why. Okay. It's it, it's either the instrumental version of that or To Sail Forbidden Seas, which are like the two main battle themes, okay. um, which are both like just... Oh, they're so tasty. I I like when I've been listening to the soundtrack since it became available I on on Apple Music. Uh, I've been listening to it almost nonstop. Like I just my my ADHD hyperfixation at the moment is is the Final Fantasy 16 soundtrack. Um I I just did my redid my whole portfolio website. Go check it out arcwolf.com. I I and the, basically like the my the theme for that website has been this soundtrack um <laughs> but anyway so so like this the demo is still going right and 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 it's like you're, you're you're going to this place he's gonna do this thing it's a big deal it's sort of like you've had your rite of passage and joshua is about to have his there he's he needs the blessing so that their their dad who is the the lord of rosaria right he's like sort mm-hmm. of the the king uh yeah. of rosaria of this kingdom I can go like they need the blessing so that they can go wage a war. Basically, like they're going to go they're going to go take back um, their mother crystal, which was taken from them by the the oh, man, what which I dude, I cannot keep track of the nations in this like, game, like the island of steel or something. There's <laughs> so steel or something like that. But anyways, like they there was a war that happened before Clive was born that like that this other nation stole this territory from Rosaria, which is like every nation has a mother crystal, which is like a, it's final fantasy. There's a a big crystal and it's where the magic comes from. So there's, and, and each of the mother crystals has a dominant that is associated with it. Not, Um, not just big crystal, massive crystal, massive, like, like like mountain crystal. Um, so I, so like, like Clive's Clive's father wants to, to basically like, launch a campaign against that to take this territory back. That's like sort of their ancestral territory. Um, and, uh, uh, but they need the blessing of the Phoenix before they can do it. So they're going to go here and we've sort of gotten a vibe that maybe Clive's mom doesn't really like Clive very much. We don't really know how far that extends. <laughs> away. And then, and then I, and then we're here and it's like, so it's the night before this ceremony is supposed to happen and everything goes to hell. Like it just, it all breaks loose. Right. And, I, uh, and, and in the midst of this, I, your father is killed. We find out that the Holy empire of San Breck has, which you have like a, a peace accord with has like broken the accord and they're attacking it's totally unexpected. They're doing it sort of, it's, it's like, it's a real, like, like party foul, like, like, listen, like, this is like a, this is like a holy ceremony sort of thing. And they're attacking in the yeah. midst of it, sort of, uh, you know, I, I, it's just bad form. Right. But, uh, but it's we red, sort of red wedding. It's red wedding shit. Yeah. Uh, well, I swore. Ooh, man. Oh. I'm going to leave it in. It's standing. Usually it's me. <laughs> yeah. I, it was, it was, it was a PG 13 swear. It's all right. I, <laughs> It matches the. No, listen, there are a lot of f bombs in this game. There are uh, a, a lot of, and it's big awesome. Deal. It's so good. I. And so all of this is going down, and I uh, and Joshua is feeling very threatened uh, at a certain point, and and you know their father has just been killed, and 
he sort of loses it because he is the dominant of fire, right? He's the, he, he controls the Phoenix, which is the icon of fire. I, and this is where we get our first look at what an icon is. And, and Joshua loses control of the icon, which is basically in previous games, they were called summons, right? right. Guardian force in, in Final Aeons, yeah, there's, yeah. There's always a different silly name for it, but yeah, it's always yeah. essentially the summons. Yeah. Yeah. But in this one, it's like, Hey, listen, they're kaiju. That's what they are. Yeah. They are giant yeah. monsters. Um, and so Joshua transforms into the Phoenix and when Joshua transforms into the Phoenix, Clive sees this guy in a hood, or at least we're from Clive's perspective, he sees this guy in a hood. But there are a lot of hints in the story at this point that like this other dominant shows up. It is another dominant of fire. There's not supposed to be two. And it's a freet. And a freet is like if freet's the main guardian force in final fantasy eight so again it's like now we've got two touch points not to mention the fact that clive <laughs> is basically squall 2.0 um no, which like, I, I i don't know if i agree he, with that oh he 100 percent is in, and i'll explain i'll explain don't worry i'll get there okay. i if freet shows up and then we're controlling a freet all of a sudden and a freet is fighting the phoenix and this fight goes on and this is how the demo ends. Ifrit kills the Phoenix, which is Joshua, your brother. And it's very, very, I mean, the fact that we're playing as a freak is, is the biggest indicator, but it's very heavily implied already. That's you like you like Clive is. And also like the, all of the marketing for the game is like, yeah. there's Clive, there's a freak. So you're like, obviously it's not this other hooded guy. It's him. Right. We learn later that the hooded guy is Ultima and it's like the whole thing of him being mythos and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, like, so it's right there, right then and there that end, and then like the demo, like the, 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 the end screen of the demo comes up. And it's like, Hey, we're really glad that you played the demo and that you enjoyed it. If you thought this was fun, you should probably give us a hundred dollars for the full <laughs> game. And I was like, listen, all right. You don't even have to sold done bought. And I, so like I, yeah. And then I, and I just kept playing. I just kept going. Um, and from there, like it, the game only gets better from there in terms of the story. I mean, like it just, I, I was just, it, it had, it didn't have me from like moment one, but like from the end of that demo, I was like, not only am I going to, buy this game i am actually going to finish a final fantasy game in one sitting like not in one <laughs> sitting of like 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 you know it's a 40 hour game so uh, if you play through everything so obviously like it takes multiple but like without breaking to play another game right sure. um which is not usually the case did, for me usually did, i start a final fantasy and then i go play something else and then i come back to it and then right like it's it, did usually... you already start tears of the kingdom at that point um yeah yeah because tears of the kingdom was like okay. a month before so, so, so I, you interrupted tears of the kingdom and played I, through this game entirely i still have not finished tears of the kingdom well that just and, breaks my heart but. and yes the you are correct the reason is because final fantasy 16 got in the way okay. listen all right listen this game got me dude like this game <laughs> got its hooks in me um 
it also happens to have come at a at a point in in my life. Uh, I, the company that I worked for, I worked there for ten years, and this game sort of like coincided with the end of that time. So okay. uh, I literally I finished this game the night before they laid me off. Wow. Yeah, I finished it the night before because I kind of like had a, like there was like a bit of a you've got a meeting scheduled with your manager, direct manager and the, the head of the company tomorrow morning out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, this is either very good news or very bad news. I need to distract myself. And so I, just, <laughs> I went and I finished final fantasy 16. Um, Plot twist. So, you were let go because you could not stop playing Final Fantasy yeah, 16 yeah. instead of working. Um, <laughs> plot twist. I didn't finish Final Fantasy 16 as quickly as I wanted to <laughs> because I was so busy working because I was doing myself for this company. But anyways, I am contractually obligated to not talk about certain things. So I, I have see. to stop no, talking no. there. Um, right. But I, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, I was under an incredible amount of stress the the last couple of months of mm-hmm. that job and um uh as a matter of fact even after they laid me off there were still three weeks of stress so i i in any case like like the, this game like is like smack dab in the middle of like sort of that that tumult mm-hmm. so it is going to be a thing that is like a it is now inextricably tied to a very specific sure. point yeah. in time in my life um which has elevated it and this is the thing this is that's what makes it a perfect 10 for me right like it's because of where i was and where it hit me at a certain point in my life it's a perfect 10 and like that's not going to be true for other people and i don't care like that's what that's literally the definition of what a perfect 10 is it's like is the game a 10 out of 10 no it's got it it, i mean i think it is i do think it is a like in terms of you make a video game this is about the 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 best that you can do right um but but like it doesn't have flaws of course it has flaws right every every game has flaws so um but in but for me in terms of like my journey with it it is 1000 percent a perfect 10 so yeah to quote uh another perfect 10 star trek from 2009 uh you could say that i am emotionally compromised i <laughs> i uh, so like like yeah like my, I, it is a very subjective perspective that i have on this game um but all of that said it like it just it just hits for me it just hits that sweet spot i mean like i'll say right now because i've been talking for a long time and i want to hear everything that you have to say about it so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna close out my thoughts on this game and my experience my journey with this game in saying that like it used to be final fantasy 8 favorite final fantasy uh final fantasy six best final fantasy second favorite right and then it doesn't matter what comes after that it was really just those top two mm-hmm. um and then and i had said to you early on in playing this game well this is definitely top three like it definitely jumps <laughs> ahead of every other final fantasy that i've played um having finished the game having sat with it for now about actually about a month about four weeks since i finished the game um not having been able to stop thinking about it listening to the soundtrack ad nauseum to the point that my girls are like do we have to listen to this again um like this is my favorite final fantasy game it is like it 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 usurps eight because like i want to play it again i'm gonna go back i'm gonna play it again um and i do think that clive for me this is again a totally subjective thing. 
Clive is my favorite Final Fantasy protagonist. He he is now my favorite. This is a big deal, dude. This is a massive deal <laughs> because Squall defined who I was from the age of 15 until I was about like 21. Okay, like like among other characters, right? Like there are other characters in there that 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 also define that, but like that character hit me around the same time as like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, which was another thing where like him at Mission Impossible three, sorry, Mission Impossible two, and then Vanilla Sky that back to back. It was like I I emulated a lot of behaviors for better or worse. <laughs> Stupid teenager, right? Um, like Squall became a character that like I don't think that I would have gotten into Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the way that I did if not for the character Squall because Squall and Angel have so much in common with that broody. Like, so then David Boreanaz voicing and then Squall David Boreanaz. it was like oh my god this is amazing that's what got me into Kingdom Hearts was like that connection like that sort of like one two three that's what brought there. you to Kingdom <laughs> yeah yeah I didn't care about it before that um i i was kind of like at that age because i because we're talking like i'm like i'm like 18 19 when i first played kingdom hearts i was like too cool for disney stuff i was like that's for kids and then i played kingdom hearts and went i'm a i'm a stupid kid i'm a stupid (laughs) i've always been a stupid kid i'm there for every one of these animated movies what am i talking about and i got back into it but i was that i was in my first like that was in my two years of film school and stuff where i thought that i was like i had to be like cool and everybody made fun of me for liking star wars and so i was like i was the identity crisis at the time you know what i mean like we all have at that at that stage Mm -hmm. but anyways um so like i said like 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 here's like this is the thing at that point in time i'm also on an msn group message board role-playing there's a kingdom hearts rp message (laughs) board group role-playing as leon okay so like going in this for for those of you who are who are younger and do not know what i'm talking about this is like this predates social media you guys like this is before facebook that's funny okay and so we, you go into these groups on MSN and and there's an MSN group and there'd be like a chat, like a live chat. But then there would also be like message boards on it as well, where you go in and like you would put your message. So you'd be role playing like one entry at a time. So you go in and go like you're in a scene with another person. It's like you write your entry and then like you wait for them to post and like they might be in another time zone. It might be two days before they respond. So you're going like, like over days to do like one scene in an Mm. RP and I'm playing as, as squall as Leon um, in this RP group. Cause this is like between the time that kingdom hearts and kingdom hearts two come out. I look like, right. This actually like kingdom hearts two is imminent. We're all talking about it in this message group. So like, that's how important squall as a character is to me. Um, I, my first iPod is engraved with, with a quote from the video game. Like I, I, cause when you bought iPods back in the day, you could get engravings on them. So it's like, a, it's, there's a quote from, from, uh, from final fantasy eight on it. Like, it, like, my relationship with crystal was like there was there were things about final fantasy that i was like projecting into my relationship with her <laughs> because i was a stupid teenager um 19 20 years old i i so yeah like all of that is like 
it's, it's part of who I am. So for me to then go like Squall is now number two, Clive is number one. FF eight is now number two. FF 16 is now number one. I mean, like this is a, like, this is a, this it's is a, a tectonic shift this is a big in, deal. in, in my world. Um, because I define myself by these pop culture characters that I idolize. Right. So I, anybody who's been listening to any of my podcasts for any amount of time will understand that this is a big deal, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I think that Clive is a lot of what's great about Swall and what I connected with him at 15, but now at 38, <laughs> more than, more than double that age. Right. I, I like now I, 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 I look at that and I go, okay, so like those, like, like that for that point in my life, that makes sense. But for where I am now, like Clive is a much more well-rounded character. I think like the broodiness, the action hero aspects are all very much squall. They're all, they are more squall than they are any other final fantasy protagonist, Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that squall is, is, um, is built on the prototype of Locke from FF six, right? Like, like, like Locke, the thief is, is meant to be sort of like, he's, he's like the edgy, like, you know, I, I sort of, I mean, he's got a little bit more of a sense of humor. He's, he's a little not, bit more Han yeah, Solo. He's not but, super broody. Yeah. He's Han Solo. He's, yeah. he's not, He's but I do think Squall. I think that Squall Squall is meant to be. I think that Squall is meant to be like a like teenage Han Solo. Like that to me is like like that's how that character reads a lot. Um, because Squall, this is the thing about Squall is that as you play through that game, you learn that all of that is nonsense. It's all BS, right? It's all a sure. front to yeah. protect the soft, squishy surface, uh, the soft, squishy inside underneath that hard surface. That is who Han Solo is. When we really sure. break down who Han Solo is, that is who he is. Squall and Alden Ehrenreich solo, very similar characters, very similar. Not as, as he's not as broody. He's much sillier and more like sort of fun. I mean, I think people would have actually vibed with that movie more if he was more like Squall, which just goes to show how immature the majority of the Star Wars audience is. <laughs> All of that getting to the point of Clive being a more well-rounded, better written character because Clive has that broodiness. He does. Like he is absolutely <laughs> sure. like, yes. like, Batman standing on the ledge looking over Gotham like it's my responsibility to save the entire world broodiness that Batman Squall Angel a million characters have right that we love um but he also has the earnestness of Luke Skywalker right of like like he will break down in tears because his friends are so important to him Right. Like, like he will sacrifice everything for his brother, everything, literally, that's the whole game. Right. Um, and, and it, it, I, I think it was at the moment, it's at the moment in the game where sort of all seems lost towards the end. And he's just like, when he's confronting Ultima, it's not like an epic, like, like stalwart stoic, I'm here now when I have all of the power and I'm going to, and I'm going to defeat you because it's the right thing to do. Joshua dies right in front of him Mm. seemingly. And the tears come like he breaks, like, like he is a mess 
And he turns to Ultima and he's like, I'm going to destroy you. I was going to destroy you before because it was the right thing to do. The three of us can't like, like I like Dion, Joshua and, and Clive are like, let's go like, like boys club. I don't know why we're leaving the girl at home, but boys club, like, let's go do it. Um, we're going to save the world. And then, and then Dion sacrifices himself in order for them to get there. Uh, uh, and then, and then Joshua seemingly dies because the other Ultima comes out of his chest. Um, very confusing story stuff, but whatever they're, they look the same, but they're two different guys, but it's because Ultima is like a hive mind being of like mm. duplicates of the same dude, but whatever. Right. Um, it's very Final Fantasy. It's I, I think it's rad. I love it. I love Ultima is an awesome antagonist. I think I I but like all of that stoic like like we're gonna save the world stuff just like evaporates, and all that you have left is that fifteen year old boy from the beginning of the game who watched his brother die like and who i like carried around the guilt forever and the trauma block of like somebody killed my brother and i need to kill him and then finally like unblocking that trauma and going it was me and then your brother's still alive <laughs> and then, like all of this comes rushing to the surface and he can't he it's not that he can't contain it he doesn't he doesn't contain it he feels his feelings and he is it would be so easy to write this character as toxic masculinity in, you know, video game form. And they don't, he is actually a really, really great example of toxic positivity, right? Like, or not to- of, of ma- positive masculinity. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Whereas like positive. his ma- toxic positivity, that is a different thing. Um, of, of positive masculinity, which is that like all of his power, all of his strength, everything masculine about him is in service of protecting others. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what positive masculinity is. And then on top of that, he he allows himself to feel his feelings. And it's a journey that he goes through in the game. And like the game is literally his story is literally about his um, about his psychological trauma and his journey and accepting that and moving forward in order to become a hero. Right. Um, and he does, and all of that happens. And then, uh, and it's not, he doesn't become what everybody wants Luke Skywalker to be, which is like, throw the lightsaber away. Stoic. I have no emotions on my face. Right. It, he, like he becomes actually like the next evolution of that which is like, no, my feelings are actually like, like, this is actually my strength. My love for Jill, my love for, for Joshua, for the world is what is the source of power that is going to allow me to defeat Ultima, not myself, not, not, you know, uh, rugged individualism. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like he is the antithesis of the Ayn Randian hero in that he goes like, like, no, I, everyone sacrificed to get me here and now I have to finish the job and he does and he defeats Ultima and then in order to save the world in order to 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 end all of the suffering that I mean god damn we talked about this game for an hour and we haven't even we, we haven't even talked about Sid which is like the other part of this game where I'm like this is the one-two punch of Clive and Sid where I'm like this is the best Final Fantasy game for me um 
Because like everybody who sacrificed everything to get me here and 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 to free the world in this mission from from the tyranny of magic which we ultimately find out is ultima i i like he he sacrifices his own life for that right and it's just like all of that together for me he is the he's the best protagonist he's also so hot you guys oh my god (laughs) He is not just the sexiest Final Fantasy character, in my opinion. He is in, like, the top three sexiest video game characters of all time. <laughs> like, like, uh, man, just... And again, again, where I am in my life, my personal journey, and the things that matter to me in this moment, it's like, I... I my my personal freedom of being able to say on a podcast that is going to be listened to by literally tens of people, um, (laughs) this public forum and saying like, like, no, like I am attracted to Clive, you guys like, like the dude is hot as hell. Uh, and that is a pun because he is like, he's a freak. Right. And like, he's, he is, uh, they call him mythos. And then at the end, he's like, no, he's logos. And it's like, and then me looking it up and going like, what mythos logos, like, like, what does that mean? And then looking up mythos and logos and it's like, oh, mythos is like, is, is, um, is emotion and, um, uh, flights of fancy and that sort of thing. This is, these are Greek ideologies. I so mythos is like is like where myth comes from right logos is reason and logic and the fight of this game is the fight between magic and non-magic flights of fantasy right final fantasy (laughs) and reason and logic and so he's like ultimate wants him to become mythos the the who will like destroy free will and uh magic will rule the world through ultima who is this like hive mind being and human humanity will lose its autonomy right but he's like no the will of the people will win reason and logic it's like right now where we are in the middle of these labor strikes it's like this (laughs) game is so 2023 it's so of the moment it is like i just there's so much about it of like rise up against i mean like it's a there's a there's an allegory here about the one percent and 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 labor movement all of that stuff like like there's there's stuff there's allegories in here about racism um the game was under a lot of flack initially for like oh it's only white people and it's like well there's a reason for that it like the 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 subject matter is very it is very racially charged Mm. but to i think to add that uh, to add a layer of like having like black people or or people of color um in some of the roles that they would have been in in this game would have added another layer that would have distracted from what the story is actually about so i think it was the right call i do think it was the right call i just think that they needed to be better about the messaging of that of Mm. like them being like no the rest of like there is a larger world but this is a this is like like this is the whole point is that this is that that this culture of Alistea is isolated these these two mm-hmm. continents of storm and ash are, are isolated from the rest of the world um and they've done that on purpose and it's bad it is actually bad that they're all white 
Like it's, yeah. it's bad culturally for them. It's bad for the world and all of this other stuff is going on and it's all tied together. Right. Um, so like I, th- there, I think they just could have been better about talking about that, but, um, yeah. Okay. I think that I've said everything that I need to say right now. I'm sure I will have more uh, when you come back to it. But um, but also, hey, so the word mythology mm. is mythos and logos together. It, it, oh, mythology, because okay. because the 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 suffix l o g y right uh, anthropology biology it's the study of right. Mm-hmm. So mythology is the study of myth. Right. So when we look at, at what mythology is, it's like it, it's a it's a breakdown of of what makes up myth. Mythos and logos being being mythology itself is actually a contradictory term. Like it is like it. I love it. it I didn't know this before this game. Right. So it made me learn something about the world. There you go. And and then on, upon learning that and then putting that back that frame back on the story, I was like, my God, this is this might be the best written final fantasy. Like, is it the best final fantasy story? I don't know. Six is still really, really, really good. And I think that like they're, they're right against each other. Um, like just neck and neck. And it's, and it's going to be a matter of personal preference at the end of the day, I think. Mm-hmm. But, but because FF six is also about very important stuff. Um, and, 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 and very similar actually, but, um, but yeah, like like just there are so many themes and there's so many layers to it. And then you put that mythos logos thing back onto it, mythology and the way that the game ends and it ends on this book of Final Fantasy written by Joshua Rossfield. It's like oh, like like you guys had a plan, you had an idea, you had something you wanted to get across and you executed to the letter. And I, I it's for me it's like that Perfect ten. I now need to hear from you. I need I need you to talk for at least twenty minutes about of to oh balance it out. But but yeah, this has all uh, been bubbling, right? Like it's all been like it. This is like this has been, been like waiting, a, yeah for a while. There's been so, yeah, there's been a pot this, on yeah. the stove for like the last three weeks of like when are we gonna talk about Final Fantasy, you guys? Not even th- like since the because like you and I yeah basically yeah. played through this game at the same time i think mm-hmm. i ended up getting maybe like a few days ahead of you by the end of yeah. it but yeah um for the most part you and i would play a little bit and then message the other and be like Cryptic oh my link. god this yeah, yeah because like we weren't sure who was where yeah. and everything so yeah. it, it, it was we were like almost speaking in riddles to each other but like yeah. constantly voicing our excitement with this game um yeah, wow. I don't even know where to start. I, I guess um, the first things first, I went into this game similarly to you. I was very um, uncertain about how I was going to feel about it. Uh, after having played and completed 15, I don't think it was a bad game. It just kind of wasn't for me. Hmm. Um, so when I saw the trailer for it, like the, the announcement trailer, I was excited on principle that a new Final Fantasy numbered game was coming. But what I saw did not excite me. I was not, like, I was excited that uh, it was happening, and it was happening so quickly, because sometimes Final Fantasy games take forever to come out in more recent years, and then they had been ultimately disappointments to me. Um, So I immediately had my expectations, like, 
underground. They were solo. And uh, shout out to uh, my friends, Steve and Jamie, who got me this game. Uh, they pre-ordered it for my birthday. So they, you know, they, they my birthday was in May. This game came out in June. And um, so on release day, it just showed up. So I really wasn't even paying attention to it. I knew it was coming out. And they had told me on my birthday, like, hey, we got you this game. And I was like, oh, cool, because they know I love the Final Fantasy series. And they they picked it up for me. I had planned on maybe picking it up Black Friday, if it ever hit 20, 30 bucks, because games don't go down to 20 bucks anymore uh, now that they're 70 bucks in in the U.S. Um, Yeah, it's like Baldur's Gate 3. I'm like, listen, I hear it, guys. I know it's it's like the game of the year. I'm going to wait. It's 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 over a yeah. hundred dollars in Canada for the yeah. base game, and like I want, I'll get, I will wait. It will be like sixty bucks in like two months. I've sure. got other games to play. Spider Man's coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know what? That was the other thing. My backlog is so large, and for years I've been chipping away at this very very large backlog. So I was not in, a, and a lot of the games I have are either open world or JRPGs. So. I have plenty of games to play and I was not in a rush to play this game. So it arrived and I'm looking at the box. I was like, Oh, okay. You know, whatever. I was still not excited about it. And then, um, I don't remember what video I saw. Maybe it was an IGN video came up, recommended on YouTube, whatever. And I checked it out and they were highly praising it. And you know, I'm, I'm whatever about IGN's, opinions on i think in general i'm kind of whatever about game reviews because it's such like an objective thing that i found more often than not i disagree with reviews and i just would rather watch or play or whatever and make my own kind of opinion but what i saw in the review was like oh this actually looks better than the trailer that i remember so i popped it in i was like all right i'm not gonna finish this game let me play for an hour and see how it feels. <laughs> yeah. And if I don't enjoy this game, I will put it on the shelf. I might not even record it in my backlog and I'll, I'll just see how I feel. Maybe I'll come back to it at some point after I play whatever the next game I had decided I was going to play at the time. <clears throat> I got to the end of where it, the demo ended for, for you. And I was like, this is the best intro any Final Fantasy has ever had. Yeah. And I was in shock. I was, I couldn't believe how engaged I was in the story by that point. And I, I mean, I, I guess I also should say, like I talked about a little bit before for me, comparing this game to other Final Fantasies that I actually like, is almost like comparing apples and oranges. This game does not feel like a Final Fantasy game to me, what I would consider a a Final Fantasy game. This game is an amazing, well-written, fun action RPG. Like, it's an action game. It's not a JRPG in my head. I know that's not fair, and I know that the creators of the game have kind of spoken out against the, the... the vocal minority of people who are like, this isn't final fantasy. I don't, I don't say this with any, uh, anger or malice or, you know, I'm not trying to sound like an elitist or anything. 
for me, it just doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy game. So comparing it to those other things that I do consider to be, you know, quote unquote, true Final Fantasy games. Yeah, it's just difficult for me. So I, I, I wouldn't even know where to put this if I were to rank all the Final Fantasy games that I love. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, to me, it's just like, oh, well, what's what's better, Mario Kart or Breath of the Wild? It's like. They're both amazing, but they're amazing for different reasons. Yeah. And that that's kind of how I, that's my relationship with this game. Um, and it, man, it really surprised me. It surprised me how from start to finish, I was just like, I can't wait to find out what happens next. And every plot twist felt earned and made sense. And even the stuff that you weren't supposed to know about yet, like, I was just like, oh, my God, I need to know more. What's going on? This is crazy. What is what is happening right now? So I was so hooked so fast, so early on. And, you know, I I have things that I miss. But again, like, it's almost like silly to consider those complaints to have just because like okay well it's just it's not it's not those other final fantasies so it doesn't matter that like you don't always have a full party of people that you can choose who's with you and and customize them and mess with their stats and gear yeah. and all that stuff like it doesn't matter because it's not that game and it doesn't have to be that game and i still get that game like i said bravely default octopath traveler i still get those games from square yeah. like the, as a JRPG fan, I'm eating amazing the last few years yeah. with Square. Oh, yeah, dude. So, I mean, like, right now, Sea of Stars that just came out is like... Oh, my God. It's, it's a Chrono it's Trigger awesome. sequel, right? Like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There, so, there are those games. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, that's not to say that, you know, I like this game more or less or whatever, but it's, it's just... My relationship with it was not what I was expecting it to be in a lot of ways. Not just like, even like once I realized, oh, this is, there's actually something really special here. This is, this is something that I've never experienced before. This is something that I wasn't expecting from Final Fantasy or Square. And it kind of accidentally fell into my lap. Uh, thanks to my friends who, who know me better than I know myself sometimes. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that was really the the most lasting impression that I had with this game was just how start to finish I was all about it. Um, and to kind of uh, go back real quick to to what you were saying about Jill being left behind. I agree with you. It really annoyed me. And it kind of, at the time, it was that same complaint that i i voiced him a minute ago about like man i wish like you could just pick your party members and bring with you who you wanted to bring but like i would not have brought dion if that were the case but like dion was awesome in that sequence like <laughs> yeah it would have been great to have to have jill but like that whole thing was awesome and i was like you know what okay it sucks that jill's not here but whatever um i also think a big part of that and I feel like I've even said this to you before. We're getting two story DLCs for this game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when we're getting them, but they announced it recently that we are getting. And I assumed we were going to get DLC because these games always come with DLC. Um, so 
I am hoping it's because of, you know, whatever happened happened and Jill might not have made it back or whatever. And it's because, okay, now this DLC is going to be heavily involved with Jill kind of going on, you know, <coughs> excuse me, whatever journey or like, I, I, I don't know what to expect from the DLC, but I'm hoping yeah. it's a continuation and not just one of those, um, like prequel mini prequel chapters or whatever like no i want to know what happens next in yeah. this story i know i know enough is given to us where if we never got dlc it's still satisfying the story is told but like when a, when a game like this comes along and i just like love being in that world and love being with these characters i want the next thing i don't want to see like, oh, here's some little story in the middle that doesn't really affect the beginning or the middle of the game or whatever. That stuff is always kind of boring to me. That that never really hits as strong as the stuff that's like, no, no, you did all these things. You worked really hard. You improved the world. Now you get to see what happens next. That's the stuff that I love. Those are my favorite endings. Those are my favorite DLCs. Like, that's that's the stuff that, I don't know. That always makes me want to keep playing. That's that's the kind of stuff that like, oh yeah, I'll shell out another twenty bucks for for five more hours in this world. I'm not gonna do that if it's like, oh well, it's it's stuff that if I didn't play it, I'm not I'm not really getting too much more. Like, yeah, okay, maybe there'll be some context behind a character or whatever. Um Yeah, so that, that I guess that's my thought on on the Jill stuff. Um dude i can't believe we didn't like touch on this that much the sequences of said kaiju battles the acons yeah. are insane like <laughs> yeah. i yeah. was yeah. so uninterested and like oh monsters fighting okay whatever and like the intro to this game is literally the first one, right? It's it's Ifrit versus the Phoenix, and it's like, honestly, I I I don't know if I even would have gotten to the end of the demo if it didn't start out so bombastic in your face, larger than life, like that, because it was a little bit slow. The story did start very slow. Yeah. Um, and like, but like, once you had a taste of that, it's like, oh man, but there's going to be more of this. All right, let's, let's give it a chance. Let's see where it goes. And then the, by that point, like the story had me hooked and I'm just like, well, holy crap. There's really, really fun gameplay. The story's really awesome. And dude, I, I, I think I messaged you. I mean, I messaged you many times during the course of my playthrough, but the times that I could not wait for this conversation to talk about this game with you mm. was the the Akon fight against Titan and then the Akon fight against uh, Bahamut or is it Bahamut? I don't know. I feel like everybody says Bahamut. <laughs> I Bahamut. listen. I don't. Know. I don't. I, you're also you're also saying Icon like you're saying Akon, but I like I think it's part of it's your your accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Akon. Yeah. Hey, yo. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm like this is the thing about Final Fantasy uh, words is that it doesn't matter, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, well, citizen, it's, it's nonsense. Mm. But um, yeah, 
Yeah, no, I mean those fights. I, I, the the one against Titan is like, oh my god, dude! I can't I, believe I, was... I, I can't believe that we got, we got Jedi Survivor, which has yeah one of my favorite moments in video gaming of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, the, yeah. The roller coaster in that one. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to finish Tears of the Kingdom, but I know that it ends on a roller coaster battle as well. That, that's honestly. I, I exactly what you're saying is how yeah. I'm feeling right now. I, it, it like I know I need to finish Tears of the Kingdom because I need to complete the Trinity for this year of, of over the top will, amazing sequences. Yeah, yes, that will be a quadrilogy because um <laughs> uh or or a quartet I guess of Trinity to a quartet because Spider Man is going to have that in it. Oh like there God. is going to be a sequence oh where you're gosh. playing as both. Peter and Miles fighting against Venom, and it's going to be one of the greatest moments in video game history. Month away, man. That's unbelievable. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, so I need to finish that, and then and then we get the fight with Titan, um, in this game that is just like, I mean, like first off, the music we talk. I talked about the music a lot, yeah. right? The music yeah. makes this total shift into heavy metal. <laughs> but it's heavy metal with like these like Latin choir lyrics to it. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is where I know you were saying that like, oh, this game doesn't really feel final fantasy to me mm-hmm. that that's final fantasy to me <laughs> doing something that ballsy and that bold. Um, but it feeling totally at home and, and, and making perfect sense in the context of, of this story. It's like there there are moments like that with the music in this game where like all of a sudden like it it switches up to like this like lo-fi hip hop beat version of this other song and you're like I don't know why but I like it it's real good <laughs> like it's just um the game the game just doesn't care I I I said this to you repeatedly especially like early on in the game every opportunity that they had it's like the it, I can't I can't record an episode of a podcast without bringing up Rise of Skywalker. I always talk about <laughs> Trost as like every time they hit a fork in the road where they could do something interesting or something rote and boring, they did something rote and boring. Right? That's like you look at the concept art for for Rise of Skywalker. Like, grab that art book, crack it open, look at the costumes, look at. I so many things like story beats and stuff that they were going to do. The, Kylo Ren was going to find the Sith Wayfinder by talking to a giant yeah. spider monster with a like a yeah. baby on its head or something or a giant mm. baby with a spider monster on its head. Like they weren't even sure at that point which of those they were going to go with, but both would have been ridiculous. And then they actually shot it. They actually shot the giant baby with the monster <laughs> on its head that like comes out of the water that like gives Kylo Ren the the sith wayfinder and instead of giving us that they were like he he chops a bunch of guys down in a forest and then he opens a box and it's in there there's some dust on it though oh boy it's very exciting and it's like and then on top of it it's like where does that happen oh that happens on mustafar oh you mean the the lava planet the lava planet where Anakin and Vader or where Anakin and Obi-Wan fight at the end. It didn't of even look Star. like Mustafar too. Like, like, I, I know it is, but like it did not even look like So it. like, so it, that's where that happens, but you guys never explain it to us. There's never, there's nothing to be like, Hey, by the way, after the fall of the empire and some other stuff happens, um, 
Mustafar actually starts to like heal. Like the galaxy is healing with the dark side gone, with the Sith gone. But then, like, but then you could have had like a. Anyways, like they could have they they everywhere that that movie could have done that story could have done something cool. It does something boring and rote instead. This game is like the antidote to that feeling for me. Of like every time they're like, I don't know, should we go hard again? Like. I don't understand why we wouldn't it's like, but we've already introduced Sid. Like he's all Sid already had like, like a thing where like we, we see the lightning and then we see the foot and then we see the cigar and we're just like, clearly <laughs> this guy's awesome. It's like, yeah, but like, I don't know. You guys split up. He's been gone for like more than five minutes. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and so like the scene where, where, where the scene that really like introduces Gav as a main character um, where he falls off the the ledge or whatever, and like when Clive comes in to, or sorry, when Sid comes in to save the day, in that scene, it's like, hey, hey, Clive is fine. Sid doesn't need to save the day. Like Clive is plenty powerful to defeat these bad guys. It's fine, but like it doesn't matter because Sid is awesome. So like, <laughs> a crack of thunder and a bolt of lightning and and like let's do another pan up to reveal just to reinforce how awesome Sid with his two swords and his full leather outfit and his popped collar and his cigar actually I like like just do it again just do it again it's fine you know why because it's awesome if you were gonna just do the boring thing again I'd be like like get out of here like stop wasting my time with the boring stuff but every time they're like can we do something cool here can we like what if Titan eats uh, 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 one of these crystals, like one of these magic <laughs> crystals. What happens to him then? Oh, he goes from being a kaiju oh, no. to a super <laughs> kaiju, and it's like, okay, so like, um, so like, like you're gonna do the thing that they did in Pacific Rim too, but you're gonna do it awesome this time. So yeah, yeah, that's what we're gonna do, and it's just like everywhere that they could have done something lame, they went scratch that do something awesome instead. And it's just like, and, and the, and it just like, it didn't pull punches in that respect. So like when you get to moments, cause it does those grandiose moments of like Sid's introduction and then his reintroduction and then yeah. Ramu. And, and like every time we meet an icon for the first time is the coolest thing ever. And it's an escalating thing as the game goes on um, until the very end. And then like fighting Ultima is an incredible battle <laughs> and, with multiple stages and it's all so good. But then when the game is like, Hey, we also need to have a really, really important character moment. Like this is really important for, for the story. I mean, like when Dion kills Olivier, it's like, like there's like legit emotions Mm -hmm. in the game. Right. Like it just, I don't know. I, Dion gets introduced and you're like, oh, he's going to turn to our side for sure. That guy, he's, <laughs> there's no, there's no way that he doesn't end yeah. up. He's a good guy, even though he's with the bad guys, he's a good guy making it more complicated, very game of Thrones, which the whole game is inspired by game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which if you tell me, this is another place where I'm like, I can't believe this game is, is among my favorite video games of the year, among my favorite video games of all time. Um, 
Because when you tell me, it's like, well, we made a Final Fantasy, but like we made it more like Game of Thrones. Whoa, pretty cool. We <laughs> use the F word and there's naked people. And it's like, that's not what makes Game of Thrones good, right? Like Game of Thrones was like, we're going to make this more like Game of Thrones. And the last three seasons are garbage as a result, right? Because they're like, well, we heard you guys like Game of Thrones. And so they just made it more and more like Game of Thrones to the point where you're like, this is just depressing torture porn. And you're like, there are dragons. It's like, yeah, sometimes but they don't do anything. Like every four episodes, something interesting happens. Get out of my face. They went, no, 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 we like like the part of Game of Thrones where it's like there's really interesting characters and like these political I, I, uh, threads that are throughout it. But like but also like it's not that important. The characters are what's important. The political threads are like informing some of their actions. But it's like you don't have to pay that much attention to it. But if you want to, here's a map. Here's a really cool way of us showing you what's happening in this world so that you can like just graphically like as somebody who, who has done infographics in the past, it's like having an infographic an interactive infographic in the game <laughs> that updates basically in real time. And then having the codex be something that you can access at any point in any cutscene. Then looking at Amazon prime and going like, yeah, X-ray mode, put it in the video game <laughs> so that you can just be like, wait, who is that guy? And then you hit a button and you're like, okay, Cool got it back to the story um yeah i can't think of another game that's ever done something that i mean plenty of games have like codex type things yeah. but like how All, seamless it yeah. was and like in a cutscene, you can press the button and be like oh context Listen, cool every streaming service should have x-ray it, it, it i hate that it's stuck on amazon prime because or sorry prime video because prime video sucks as a streaming service um, and also like, like, uh, all of these companies are the worst, uh, we are now getting full confirmation of during the middle of the strike. They're just terrible. But, uh, but Amazon is one of the worst with just billions and billions of dollars in profit and they pay their people absolutely nothing. So I hate that X-Ray is stuck on prime. I really wish that all of the, the, the streaming services had that feature so that I can just stop a movie at any point in time and go like, that's who that actor is. Okay, cool and then move on with my life right that's who that character is the whatever this is the information that i need to know back into it um certainly anything that is like a a serialized story based show should have it um and all story-based video games should have this now i should be able to pause the cutscene in any video game and be like who is that guy man I love the Uncharted series, but there are so many throwaway characters in that franchise where I'm like, <laughs> what's your deal again? You're okay. You're a, you're a bad guy. I guess that's all I need to know. Cause like, I'm supposed to care about what you're saying right now, but I don't, can I get back to climbing up this train? Um, but yeah, like I, I wish that I could pause those games and be like, that's right. You're that guy. And this is your relation to those people. So the fact that they put it in here, it's like there were so many times where I stopped and went, oh, okay, okay, yeah, that's right. That's who that is. Because you're playing, it's a game that you play over 40 hours in like, you know, one and two hour chunks, right? Like it's going to take you a month to finish the game. I, I, especially if you're going to do all of the side quests and make mm-hmm. sure that you have the best equipment for the end of the game and all of that stuff like I do. So, yeah, I mean. 
I played the I I played this game to the hilt, dude. Like I <laughs> did everything but platinum it, and and that's one of the only reasons that I'm like like maybe I do need to go back because I could I could platinum this game. I just need to I just need to read some guides and figure out like what are the things that I need to do. Mm. Um, but yeah, and that's why I'm like, should I do a stream? Should I stream this game? New game plus with the new outfit and weapon transmog and go back through it. Um, and I'm, you know what? I, 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 I mean, I'm probably gonna do that. I just don't know if I'm gonna stream it. But uh, anyways, I uh, yeah. Uh, it, you go again. I, I, I jumped in and, and, and just, well, yeah, I actually kind of have something to, to roll right into right from what you just said. This is the first game in like, I don't know, maybe five years that I've done everything I can think of that I wanted to do every single side. I can't remember the last game I played where I did every single side quest that I could find and actively kept looking for more. And, like, you and I have kind of complained a little bit, but, like, in, in like, a jokey way, that, like, this this game's pacing in terms of side quests, the way it kind of releases the side quest to you, is a little bit silly. Um, like, the fact that we will play, you know, I, I feel like I couldn't find enough side quests through the whole game, and then the last few missions... Every time you did a story mission, there were like ten side new side quests. It's like yeah. I was literally about to go beat the game, but oh, here's this really important side quest with Jill to make her tell her that tell you that she loves you and like can't you kiss her and like I I don't maybe I don't remember if that's exactly what it was because remember the the one of those was the beach scene and then the other one was the side quest where they're in that little field of flowers that she liked. There, um, yeah there's i mean there's the beach scene where they get naked and huddle yeah <laughs> together the where you're like okay so this is a thing now but like but there's sort of like a nobody's around like this is just between you and me sort of thing mm-hmm. and that but then there's the side quest later on the side of the cliff where it's like no this was not just like a hey we might die let's hook up Mm-hmm. sort of thing this it like like no i love you and you love me and that's how it's always been yeah sort of thing it's like even though we never talk about it but now we're together like like that mm-hmm. like that if you didn't play that side quest you just be like oh, okay so those those protagonists hook up and then she's sad when he dies but yeah. like whatever but if you play that side quest you're like no no that's like the love of her life like yeah like, this, is that, a, this is a big deal yeah yeah which which like i think I agree with you. It's like, like I, the DLC better be Jill's story afterwards. To find <laughs> I out, hope like, so, how man. Does, how does she manage that and move forward and all of that? Um, but I, uh, yeah, like, like I, I, if you didn't play that, then Jill really doesn't have a story like that. So that one side yeah. quest is like yeah. the crux of her story with you. The, the, there's that. And then there's like, when you go, when you go to the, to to destroy that second um mother crystal uh she's like i'm gonna murder their king are you cool mm. with that and you you're like okay whatever you need to do i support you <laughs> it's it's so good i, I like I, I, I don't care i'm gonna murder him i do wish there was a little bit more to jill because like i did like what story yeah. she did have but like i i saw a complaint that 
kind of articulated the way I was feeling a little bit. And like, cause he, I mean, you know me, anyone who listens to the thunder quack podcasts in general that I have been a part of knows that a lot of the times I work out my feelings by <laughs> speaking to you and, yeah. and you just kind of like letting me go and then I'll ask questions or whatever. But like, I couldn't really put my finger on what was disappointing about Jill's character. And it really just sort of felt like, not that she was just there to be the love interest of Clive, but like, I don't know. It, it was, she just didn't feel like enough of a focus to me to be a, fo- cause like, I don't know, man. I, like, I don't know how to put it because she did have her own like moments. She had her own motivations, her own feelings, like, and you know, her side quests and everything. Like, she's not just a one-dimensional character, but I also don't think she's totally three-dimensional. If that mm. makes sense, I don't know if I'm articulating this well or not. It, no, I, I, I think, I think the 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 biggest thing that this game suffers from is the infatuation with Clive and Joshua mm-hmm. as characters um their story is fantastic as a result but Sid Dion and Jill who are also lead characters where in like another Final Fantasy game I think we might have gotten a little bit more of them um, yeah. in this, yeah. in this one, there is, I, I think, I think what it comes down to is that they are often window dressing in, yes. in gameplay. Right. So yeah. because of that, it's like, I, when I play final fantasy 10 selfie doesn't really have that much more of a story than Sid or Dion. Right. Like not really like there's stuff and you can like go and uncover more of her story if you want to. But, but really like, she's just kind of, she's just kind of, sorry, not selfie selfies from FF8. Uh, I'm thinking of Riku. Um, okay. Riku, yeah. Right. Riku, Riku's just kind of like, she's there, she's there and she's fun, but you make choices with her during the game. And, and she like, like she serves a purpose in your party that another character doesn't serve. Right. And so like, and you're, you're swapping out her weapons and like, you know, like, and, and then obviously tend to d- develops her character even more and everything but but um right she's one no, of the ones i man right? i I don't, anyway. I don't know that i agree with with that because like i i feel i mean i definitely agree and it's funny because i was kind of coming to this conclusion and then you said it it's that in general final fantasy character like party member characters have more to do there's more story they're more involved and mm this game just kind of feels like it's you and Joshua and everything is happening around you or as an, as a result of you, which cool, no problem, but it's definitely different from the way that, you know, the characters interact and come to decisions and, uh, you know, argue or disagree with They're And they're just like a little bit more ragtag and, you know, Almost like Avengers, where like, oh, these characters shouldn't work together like well, but they somehow do because you know, despite their differences, they have common goals or whatever. But there's still gonna be things about them that bring up conflict. Yeah, and I think Riku is definitely one of the characters that like has a couple of layers to her 
in Final Fantasy X. Because, yeah, she is that bubbly person, but it, that was sort of just almost on the surface. A, to comfort Yuna, because she was worried about, you know, she everybody but you knows in that game that at the end of the game, Yuna's supposed to die. Yeah. Like, everybody's protecting her until they don't, until they can't. Um, and Riku is, is the character who is putting on that brave face for her, but is also, you know, it's influencing decisions that she makes because she also kind of doesn't want Yuna to get to that point in the first place where she doesn't have to go die and sacrifice herself for, for other people. So I, I think there's a little bit more to Riku than there is to Jill. Um, cause Jill for me, what I took away from Jill was other than being a love interest is that, uh, she was used to kill people that she should not have had to kill. She wants revenge. She got revenge. Okay. Now we can go do whatever you want to do, Clive. Like that's kind of all there was to her for me. And it was disappointing. Um, in that regard, I think, I honestly think that's the only thing with this game. I'm, I'm disappointed with is because, Jill is one of those people that, like, I'm reminded of in in real life, people that, you know, maybe you just don't know them well. Because every, every human being is a complex person with complex feelings and has yeah. has is dealing with stuff that you don't know about. But, like, everybody kind of has those people where, oh, yeah, they're really great. They're really nice. And, and like, everything they do is, oh, they're so pleasant. I love being around them but I don't really know anything else about them. And like, yeah. I don't really think about them when I'm not hanging out with, them. you know what I mean? That, yeah. that, that kind of thing. That's what Jill reminded me of someone that I enjoy being around, but because I don't really know any too much about her, I'm not thinking about her later. And that bummed me out considering she's like the love interest and she's technically a main character. She's, you know, a secondary character, obviously, but like yeah. she's in the entire game from start to finish. Like, I feel yeah. like yeah. I should know more about her. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm 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 nitpicking I, in that regard. No, I mean like you're you're a thousand percent right because um, I can't believe it. We are an hour and forty five minutes into this conversation, an hour and forty five minutes into this conversation, <laughs> and neither one of us has said the name Torgal yet. Oh, because Torgal buddy. is the other Torgal is the other buddy. thing that takes this game from. Like, yeah, I like this game to no, this is one of my favorite video games of all time. Best Torgal part. Torgal has more character than Jill. <laughs> right? Like my journey, like my journey with oh Torgal is more important to me than my journey with Jill. And yeah. and yeah. like as like as Clive, right? Like, and I think I think like that really sort of puts it into perspective, right? Like of, of like of exactly what's going on in this game. Um, with that character uh they put they i do think that they put more like in the middle of a of anything because torgal is almost always with you like 95 percent of the game he's with mm -hmm. you really right up until the very end um you can stop and you can turn to torgal as long as you're not in battle you can stop and you can turn to torgal and you can interact with him mm -hmm. you just give him a little pat hey yeah. buddy throw him a little treat he does a little jump uh, and you can develop that emotional bond with your digital Tamagotchi uh, <laughs> attack wolf, right? Like your, your dire wolf. This game is game of Thrones. If game of Thrones were awesome. Um, 
because Torgal because Torgal midway through the game goes like, I'm not just a giant dog. I also have superpowers. Yeah. I'm a frost. I'm Fenris. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you're like, I am also a summon. I, I, uh, anyways. Um, yeah. Like, like you, 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 like Torgal's moment, which is that moment where he jumps out and he saves Jill. Right. Is, a bigger moment than Jill's moment, which is when she deals with, I don't even remember the yeah. guy that she kills. Right. Like, uh, like, uh, like I can tell guy. you, every, yeah. yeah, I can tell you everybody else, Kupka and Dion <laughs> and I, uh, I, uh, you know, the emperor of Sam Breck and, and, uh, 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 it's not Balthasar, uh, Barnabas. Barnabas. Uh, right. Like, like, like all of these other characters, like they're like, I can tell you about all these other moments and it's like, I don't remember. Like I vaguely remember that part of the story that to me is like, actually like sort of um, because you, you go to Sam Breck and you take out that first mother crystal and then, um, and in doing that, Sid sacrifices himself. And then the next mother crystal that you're going to take out is, is this other one is, is this one with that's connected to Jill's story. And <clears throat> when you go to do that, it's like, okay, we're just going to do the first mission again. Right. It's like, cause there's sort of like the intro to the game and then, uh, which is like that, the, that demo part that I talked about. And then there's like getting the band back together part of like finding Jill, which is like the next thing that happens. And then Sid, and then, you know, um, and then I, uh, I, and then you fight um, the first icon that you fight. I, 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 Guardia something like that Manda, um, the wind lady yeah 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 i benedictas right? benedicta is the character yeah. yeah um so like yeah, like you do all that stuff but then like then like the first official mission is like let's go take out sambrek and then the second right. one is like okay sid's been dead for five years now we're gonna go do it again sort mm. of thing right um so it to me it was like oh okay so is this gonna be the game is this like the game is gonna be we just go from place to place until we've taken out all of these mother crystals. And then after that one is when the story picks back up again, like when Kupka comes into it and you're like, you're like, Oh no, like there's more, like this is, this is much more interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like, so that, that second mother crystal, which is her story is sort of like the dullest part of the game as well, which is like, it kind of sucks that that's the case. Right. But Anyways, it's a uh, uh, and yeah. and and Torgal steals the show in in that sequence, right? Because that's when that's when we get the reveal that he has superpowers. It's like so, so her whole storyline is kind of upstaged by a dog, and <laughs> then and then she doesn't really get to do very much because that because from then on out it's like okay, so the Kupka thing, Clive does by himself, right? Like he runs off right. on his own yeah. to do, and then after that, Joshua shows up. And so once Joshua's right. back in the story, it's the it's the Clive and Joshua show, right? So it's like at that point she just kind of takes the backseat until you get towards the end of the game, and then you get your moment with her, and then the, the the side quest. But it's like the whole middle ten hours of the game, she's just kind of there, and she mm. is there. She's there almost the whole time, but she's just kind of there. She's just like whatever you want, Clive. I'm with you. <laughs> You're like oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I, so I, that I really do hope that the DLC focuses in on her as a character, so yeah. that we can like really <laughs> like live with her. Um, but and like it kind of it kind of has to. Um, like 
if there are two story DLCs, I see in an ideal world, them doing two things. One story with Jill that takes place immediately after the game ends, right? Of her trying to find out what happened to Clive and finding his body and all that. And then a second story with Joshua, which is like, we find out that Joshua lived, that Clive saved him at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's kind of, it's kind of unclear, but then like the Final Fantasy book being authored by Joshua is like, okay, I read it as he's still alive. That's, 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 I don't know. The end of the story, but it is vague. Yeah, it's too ambiguous. Yeah. Um, so I want like the story of like him coming back and then being like, I can bring <clears throat> Clive back. Right. And us finding out that everybody who turned to stone, all of the bears who turned to stone are not dead. They just need to be, we talked about this, right? Like yeah. they just need to be, um, it just, it just needs to be dispelled basically. Right. Like, so, um, them having to find, uh, uh, uh is it the soft feather? Is that what we determined it was or, uh soft sand or something i can't remember it's it's something there's there's a there's an item in final fantasy that that cures stone petrification yeah um but uh dude if that's if that's how the the perfect ending perfect ending to me if they actually do that because like i i'm i'm a sucker like i want my happy ending like i i hate that right now clive is probably dead yeah um but i I worry that that the dlc will be what you said you're i really don't want it to be oh god i hate that stuff hey remember those five years in between this and that and then the other five years between this and that because there are two five-year time jumps in the game if they're like here's what clive was doing during those two five-year time jumps and they're like well then why wasn't that just in the game yeah i don't i don't care about that kind of stuff if it was if if you felt the need to skip over it to get to the next good story part i always say this about shadows of the empire right and like and like what what disney has done with star wars with the marvel comics the the star wars marvel comics i the mainline star wars title where they're like and then all of this awesome stuff happens between a new hope and empire strikes back i'm like if a bunch of awesome stuff happened between a new hope and empire strikes back there'd be a movie like george would have told that story he would have told that story there'd be a i don't movie care or i love shadows an animated of the empire. <laughs> no i know everybody loves shadows of the empire. Shadows, of the empire shadows is fine but it's like, but what they do in the comic books, I always, I always make fun of it because it's like, and then immediately after A New Hope, Luke fights Darth Vader and he's on a speeder bike and they have a lightsaber battle. And then he leaves there and he fights Boba Fett and he wins. And it's like, none of that happened. None of that happened because in the next movie, Luke's like, I don't know. I'm looking for life on this ice ball. And you're like, you're a little dork. You're a little dorky dork. <laughs> like, no, I'm a Jedi now. And he's like, no, you're not. And then he goes to find Yoda. And he's like, I'm looking for a great warrior. You don't know anything about anything. Like, Luke, <laughs> you don't know anything about literally anything. So don't tell me that, like, Luke went on all of these adventures and he went to 15 different Jedi temples and he found a lightsaber and he found out how to use a lightsaber and he does this. And it's like, none of that happened. And you know why none of that happened? Because if it did, then there would like, then that story would have been told. Um, It's splinter of the mind's eye, which is, uh, (laughs) I guess even in splinter of the mind's eye, they have a lightsaber fight, don't they? But I, I, anyways, I, 
Yeah, no, none of that happens. None of it happens. They just relocate to Hoth. That's what happens. Um, so yeah, like don't don't make me spend five years, like time in the five years that you thought was too boring to be in the original story. Like, uh, I don't know. Could be wrong though. Maybe they'll do something really cool. But I I I really hope that it's like play as these other characters. That that makes it make sense of like here are two more story beats, and those two these two other story beats are are from the perspectives of other characters. Yeah. Um, and like play as them, and here's how here's how they're a little bit different, which is what they've done. They did a lot of that with the Kingdom Hearts three DLC. There's like, hey, you know how there's all of this stuff going on? Well, here's DLC where you play as another character and get another perspective on things. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I based on that, hopefully that's the case. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. I I I think that's it, man. I think we did it. I think we did it. I I I there's one thing I gotta bring up. Yeah, that yeah. I, I, you talked about how awesome Sid is. Sid is so cool, and and this is I'm I am stealing this from the 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 plot summary video that you had sent me because we, yeah. we did a little refresher since it's been a few months since we finished. Um, Sid is so cool that when he dies, the next coolest person in line gets Sid's name as a title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you're Sid now. But you're not you're not as cool as Sid, but like you're the next Sid. That's <laughs> like, oh, okay. And that was so confusing to me. And in the first like few times I heard, I was like, why is everybody calling him Sid? This makes no yeah. sense. What is did he oh, inherit something? Is yeah. is Sid's name actually Sid, or is he just like the last Sid and now we're the new Sid? Like it was it took a minute to really like register yeah. what was actually going on, but like that's how cool Sid is, is that the world was not ready to say goodbye to him that we, oh, you no, know, the, the next cool guy in charge is going to be Sid now. Okay. I do just want to, on, on that note of like how rad Sid is and how great this game is in general, I just want to shout out the voice cast. Uh, oh, man. So um, Susanna uh, Fielding as Jill, although Jill doesn't get much to do, like the performance is still on point. She is. She's fantastic as the character. Um, Ralph Innocent as Sidolphus Telemon. <laughs> I was Sidolphus Telemon. <laughs> this game is so cool, you guys, yeah. that it takes something like Sidolphus Telemon, which is so dumb. And you're like, no sadelphus telemon he's awesome i um, recognize that is- his voice immediately from game of thrones too by the way yeah like, so i heard that uh, i heard sid speak i was like is it that guy from game of thrones i uh, yeah uh also also uh more recently from willow uh commander valentine from willow uh which unfortunately you can't watch because disney sucks and uh cares more about their taxes than about <clears throat> The content that they make um let's see uh alex lanip lanipkin uh as hugo kupka so good so good kupka is a very good bad guy yeah. um 
uh, uh david menkin as barnabas i uh, i uh, let's see who else who else in here needs uh, needs a shout out and don't don't worry because i'm getting I'm, I'm leaving the best for last um christopher york as gav listen gav <laughs> oh, should be lame that was awesome gav when you're first introduced to him you're like oh this is a char- i don't need to even remember this character gav by the end of the game you're like gav's the dude <laughs> like i mean like at the end of the game because because like as everything's ending and and um and and clive is like when i go like there's a good chance that we don't come back from this yeah you're sid like if i don't come back you're sid now and you're like by the end of the game like gav has absolutely earned that and mm-hmm. you're just yeah man so good so good um katie clarkson hill is mid another great character mid such yeah. a good character uh, mid the daughter of Sid. I uh, she's not mid at all. Um, yeah, I Har- Harpocrates Edmund Dane as Harpocrates. Harpocrates <laughs> is such a great character. He's cool. Um, but listen, everybody in this game is great. The whole voice cast is really great. I I even like like the secondary characters like Blackthorn and I I is Blackthorn. Yeah, the 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 um the blacksmith right um uh, like there's all these characters that are just kind of around and 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 uh, everybody does a great job but ben star is like this dude has a future uh i i i i I want him to play more characters um because i want to see what his range is like but i this game is not the game that it is and clive is not the character that he is without ben star who i who by all accounts like very talented a very skilled voice actor turns out to also be a really cool dude um i follow him on social media now not only is he funny as hell like 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 he is legitimately a very funny guy um his when they announced that that uh, charles martinet was retiring from the role of mario he did like his thing of like, this is what I would do. And he basically does Clive as Mario. And it's yeah. so, so funny, but like, he's got lots of great little, like sort of comedy uh, bits on his social media and stuff, but also like vocal about things that are important, um, which I always appreciate seeing you guys know me. I'm, I'm, I'm vocal about things that I think are important. Uh, and, uh, and so I always like appreciate you. when somebody is like, Hey, I don't care what this does for my career, but like, I'm going to talk about this subject um and has the 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 integrity to do that sort of stuff so by all accounts the things that he talks about on social media seems like he's a legit good dude um so yeah i i just yeah like i i i vibe with the character his performance i do think like that stuff that i said about clive the reasons that i think that he's the best final fantasy protagonist that vulnerability and that that um that that softness that Clive has underneath the action hero facade that, that comes out on a regular basis in this story. It does not work. If Ben star is not that voice, uh, he, he like, he crushes it. I, if I do a new game plus I'm really torn. Cause I'd kind of like to see what the Japanese voice acting is like, mm. but, but I also just want to like, 
I want to experience those story points again with him. So it's yeah, I'm like I'm very torn on that. Man, like, Japanese voice acting is also like kind of another level. I mean, it's obviously a different thing culturally in terms of like, yeah. but like I feel like. Japanese voice actors always bring it. Oh, like, always. That's the thing is that like, like I'm not even worried about that aspect. It's not like I think it'll be lesser. It won't. Mm. I know that because this is the thing. The story is melodrama, right? Final Fantasy sure. is always melodrama. Yeah. It lives in that world. Um, and and when you do melodrama, right? But we use melodramatic as a pejorative a lot of the time, and I mm. I hate that because good melodramatic storytelling exists and but it's when melodrama is used in like a soap opera to heighten something that is otherwise sure not that great right yeah. so it's like i i kissed you but you're my cousin and it's like this is dumb but <laughs> my spaghetti sauce is very cold right now yeah but when it's but when it's used in the way that it's used in this game in this story like i, I say like that that final confrontation with ultima and joshua dies and clive is just like destroyed right he's like he's like i've done everything that i'm the first shield of rosaria like everything that i do is to protect my brother and he's gone which means that now i have nothing left to live for so i'm gonna kill you right like it's like just like that melodrama is that's good melodrama that's shakespearean Mm -hmm. melodrama um it's it, like that's like hamlet style melodrama and and that's that's what i'm here for so yeah i man so good so good i love this game it's it's a yeah. 10 out of 10 for me it is a perfect 10 i mean like it like this is like a perfect 11 as far as i'm concerned like, <laughs> it, like this is like a this is like a a a moment like a defining moment for me in my life of like the what am i gonna do next I'm at a crossroads myself and like the, this story is informing many of the decisions that I'm making of like, if I'm going to, if I am forced to make a choice, then I'm going like, I want to do what I uh, makes me happy. You know, like I want to go, I want to go, I gotta go find a new job. Right. And in that moment, I'm sort of like encasing this in stone by saying it on a podcast right now. So this will like stand as like a thing of like, where was I at that point in time? Um, this game literally <laughs> playing through it and going like this. I love this story so much. I love this gameplay so much. I, I love everything about this, the, the style, the design, the music. I make lame stuff for a company that is kind of eh. Uh, like that was sort of I thought that a lot while playing this game and I'm just going like I want to make something cool with cool people and that has sort of become a bit of my slogan right now is like that's what <laughs> I want to do like that's I'm I like my frustration with work my frustration with my career is that like I think I'm very good at what I do I otherwise I wouldn't do it I wouldn't ask people to pay me money for it that's the type of person that I am it's like otherwise I you know if I'm learning something I'll do it for free if I'm good at it you know I charge money for it. Um, so like, it, that's not the problem with my career. The problem with my career is that I've spent the last 10 years making cool stuff for a very 
sort of like blah set of products um, and trying my best to make them cool and fun and engaging with my design, right? And with my branding expertise and that sort of stuff. Now I want to turn around and I want to take that skill and I want to apply it to something that is likewise as cool. And I want to make something that matters to people. Like I want something to hit. I want something that I make to hit people the way that this game hit me. Right. Mm. Like that. And that was in the midst of like getting laid off is not fun. It's a person telling you like, it's not that you did something wrong. You're not being fired. We just don't think that what you're doing is of enough benefit to continue paying you. So we're going to, it's not, it's not that we're going to find somebody better at what you're doing. We're literally not going to do that anymore as a company. That's what we've decided. Like what you do is literally not important enough to us. And this is not, I'm not being specific about the job that I just got laid off from. This is what a layoff is in general, especially if you are a person in a creative field that gets laid off. That's the message that you're being sent is like, listen, you're really good. And this is what everybody said to me in like my last days at my job is like, you're really, really good at this. And we appreciate everything that you've done and we're going to miss you. But like, we just don't want to pay you anymore. We're going to take that money and we're going to spend it on other stuff. And it's like, it just like that sucks. So it's like, and spending 10 years building something at a company and then being like going out on that note is such a bummer that like, the the playing this game and and having the experience that i had with it and then like going into that feeling the only thing i think that pulled me out of that immediately like so that i didn't the last time i got laid off i was like depressed for weeks that hasn't happened this time and i blame that on this game because coming out of this game i was like literally because it was literally the night before right i i was like I need to do something else. Like Mm -hmm. I like, like even, even going into that meeting, knowing that like, this is one of the potential things that's going to happen to me. I was like, well, whatever, because like, I'm kind of sick of it anyways. Right. (laughs) Like I'm kind of sick of wasting my talent and time on something that people are only ever going to, at the best, they're going to be like, yeah, it's an interesting news site. Yeah. It's an interesting data application. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I want to make something that is actually going to change a person's life in the way that video games, movies, comic books, whatever have changed mine. Um, so it like, like it, like it is not hyperbole to say that like this game saved me from an uncertain fate. Um, I, it, it literally like has kept me, on a path of like, and like I've had some pretty bad moments in the last four weeks since getting laid off of like, you know, cause the market's not great. The job market is not great right now. So it's, it, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty in my future, but at the same time, um, I just like, I literally will put on the music from this game and be like, it doesn't matter because as awesome as Clive is in this game, that's how good I am at what I do. So like, um, and, and like, it doesn't matter if that's true. Like, like, like this isn't arrogance, right? This is the sort of attitude when you're a creative that you have to have, uh, in order to be successful. I know that Joe, you totally understand where I'm coming from on this. It's like, <laughs> fake it to make it. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. It's like, you have to have the attitude that the art that you create is awesome 
Because if you don't, what the hell are you doing? Why? It's it's if you Why don't place you the value bothered? on what you do, other people aren't going to. Exactly. Exactly. So you have to go into every interaction with the attitude of like, listen, <clears throat> I'm the best there is at what I do. <laughs> like, like, like it, there is no one better. Like, I, the, and, and that's not, it's not true. I know that there are people that are better than me, but I have to wake up every morning, look in the mirror and tell myself that, right. I gotta, I gotta, I just have to like scream that at myself and you got to have that confidence. Yeah. yeah, And this story is like, I am using it and projecting it onto my own (laughs) journey and using the music because the music is so damn good. You guys, Um, even if you're not going to play the game and you just like, this is the only interaction you're going to have with final fantasy 16 is just listening to us talk about it on this podcast. I know that there are listeners that that will be the case because I, there are some of you that just listen to every episode of Perfect 10 regardless of the topic, right? Um, and and we love you guys. If you're if you're going to interact with nothing else, go listen to the music. As a matter of fact, on the Discord after I post this episode, um, I will put together a YouTube playlist of what I think are the, the best pieces of music from the game oh, for you awesome. to go listen to, because like <clears throat> it is I talk about this with star Wars. I'm, I'm like breaking down right now. I'm like having an emotional moment because <laughs> I didn't like star Wars. And then there was a road trip where I, I'd listened to every other cassette tape. This is how long ago it was. Uh, every other cassette tape in the back seat on my Walkman. Um, and I picked up, there was the star Wars soundtrack. I don't know why it was just there. It was amongst the other cassette tapes that were just in the car. Right. Um, I, so I'd listened to everything else that I wanted to. Um, and so I put the star Trek star, star Wars, star Trek, star Wars soundtrack into my Walkman and hit play and fell in love with the music before I fell in love with star Wars. Um, and then was like, I, now I care about star Wars and I want to watch these movies and watch the movies. And then was like, this is the best thing ever. And it redefined who I was as a person, um, going in, going into the fifth grade, man. uh, Like, I mean, like I will never forget that the music in this game is similarly impactful for me. Like, and like, I love final fantasy music from all of the games. This soundtrack is, I think, and I mean, I know I've said it about everything in this game, but like, I just think that this soundtrack takes everything about Final Fantasy and just cranks it up and just pushes it even further. And so for me, the, like, this music is so, so special to me. Um, and might go down as as one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. I mean, it feel in the moment right now, it feels that way, that it is one of my favorite video game soundtracks Shoot. of all time. Um, maybe just one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Like this music is just so, so good. <laughs> How um, do you really feel? <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I will put that together for, for you guys to listen to. Um, so join us over on the discord for that. Uh, anything else that you need to say in closing? I am very happy. I played this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, and that's the thing. That's why when, when, when I, when I started, when I had to come up with new podcasts because the other ones all kind of like all disappeared, all dried up all at once. Um, it was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, what, what do I want to, what do I want to devote my time to? And I immediately thought of the things about podcasting that I don't like. 
which is like I hate it when we get into like a negativity spiral. You saw me do it a little <laughs> bit with, with Rise, right? Like I started talking about Rise of Skywalker and I started going into it and then I was like, no, stop, pull out, pull out. Like that's not what we're here for. The point of Perfect 10 of the term <clears> when <throat> I coined it on Twitter for myself, right? And other people have said Perfect 10 before, but like what it means to me and and when I say Perfect 10, when I coined that phrase, I it is like, it's about finding joy, right? It's about seeking joy, which is the thing that Marie Claire on what the force says all the time. Um, it w- and, and, and then force perspectives was similarly about like, let's pull out a star Wars, like the things that we love. I'm tired of talking about the things that we're mad about. Everybody wants to talk about the things that they're mad about in star Wars. Mm. But I just want to talk about the things that, that bring us joy, the things that bring us happiness. And this game, I think for you and I, uh, we had this similar journey of it, of like, of like, it was just this, it, it even better than finding something that makes us happy. It was finding something. It was finding joy in an unexpected place Yeah, for yeah, both of us. For sure, and I think yeah. that's, that's why you and I, like we, we really meshed on this one in particular. Cause like you and I, like we get, we agree on a lot of stuff and we get along in, in terms of like our pop culture ideologies and that sort of thing for the most part. But you know, like we'll talk about it on force perspectives, like you feel a certain way about an episode and then I'll feel another way. And we, it's not conflict, but we just have different opinions, right? We're looking mm-hmm. for different things. Um, But with this one, it was like, we both, neither one of us knew that we were looking for this game. Yeah. And then it came and yeah. it presented it su- itself to us sort of like in a very pure form. And I like that to me is why it can just immediately go to the front of the line. Like, sure. like yeah. it was like, we need to <clears throat> podcast about this game. And I was like, is it a perfect 10? I don't know. <laughs> like I, it seems like, like recency bias alone should, should disqualify it uh, for that, for that sort of a moniker. And I was like, no man every once in a while you get an instant you just get an instant where you just know that like because a perfect 10 is not about an objective review score it is about a feeling it's a mm-hmm. it's, it is a hundred percent a feeling and uh and that feeling is that is joy right and like that happiness and that's exactly what this was so i i've beaten let's say one two three four five six seven eight nine 10 games since beating final fantasy 16. So it's been a few months since we did it. I had time to marinate. And yeah. like I said, I've, I've played beaten. what I say? How many games? 10 plus? Oh, like about 10 games. Yeah. 10, 10 games. Yeah. And like, I'm still thinking about final fantasy 16. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, it's gonna, it, it, it is like the other, like the other final fantasy games that you and I, hold in high regard this one is going to stick right yeah. like it's yeah, it, sure. it's it the next final fantasy game that comes out is going to be measured against this metric which like i'm not i didn't measure this game against final fantasy 12 through 15 right oh like, yeah not at all 11 through 15 not at right all. like the last final fantasy game that i would look at and go like well is it better than 10 <laughs> right like because yeah. 10 was the last time that i really looked at one and went like 10's a pretty good game. 10's mm-hmm. pretty good. I like a lot of the stuff in 10. Um, so yeah, like it, it like very much like it, it's going to go in that pantheon, whether it like for me, it's that number one, right. It's that number mm-hmm. one spot. Um, I mean, like I would like, like number one spot, it's like in my top five games of all time. 
Like, it, it, and I know like that is going to be uniquely me. I don't think that there's going to be that many people who are going to like go on the internet and say something like that. But for me, it is like, it's just like Sonic the Hedgehog three uncharted two, I, I final fantasy 16, like I, what else? I, I shadow of the Colossus, like, like what I, what did I just named four games? Like, yeah. And I'm, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, what else? I don't know. Chrono Trigger, maybe. <laughs> like, Ooh, I don't know. Like, 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 like now I have to start thinking about it. But like, I put Final Fantasy 16. It comes in there really easily. Along with those I, we can agree that Chrono Trigger is basically a Final Fantasy game, too. Right. Like, oh, for sure. For sure. Like, for sure. But you know what? Like, we can't right now because we got to save it. And like, let's sure, talk about I'm, Chrono all Trigger. Right. All right. Let, we're going to put it on the docket. Chrono all Trigger right. is a perfect cool. 10. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about it. Um, yeah. Uh, awesome. I think I think that does it. I think that wraps it up. I uh, thank you so much, Joe. If people want to catch up with you on the internet, where can they do it? Uh, I am Joe Hogan Art uh, on mostly everything. Instagram is is probably the best way to 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 follow me. I haven't posted in a while, but that's because everything I've been working on the last few months is under NDA. Yeah, NDA, NDA, NDA. Yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Um, but for the most part, uh, that's that's where you're gonna find me. I have a YouTube channel. I don't update it that frequently, but when I do have like cool animated stuff or or just kind of uh, you know, draw and talk and live stream, that's that's where that stuff is. So, cool. Yeah, that's the deal. Awesome. Well, that's it. Another nerdy conversation in the books. Uh, thanks for listening to Thunderquack Perfect Ten. Uh, If you found joy in today's discussion, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service and leave a rating and review. It helps other people find the podcast. Um, If you want to chat about today's episode, you can head over to our Discord at thunderquack.com slash Discord. That'll take you to the the invite link to the Discord, and then you can jump in there. And there will be a specific thread under the Perfect 10 channel for this episode, for this topic. if, if you do go in there and you leave that comment, uh, like you leave your thoughts, your comments might be used in a future episode. So uh, I want to start doing like sort of feedback episodes uh, in between the regular episodes. And that's the place to leave your feedback is over on the Discord. Um, uh, and for those looking to keep the fun alive and help us continue what we doing what we love, show us some support at patreon.com slash thunderquack. You can get the podcast early um you can get other exclusive podcasts like off the record which is my solo podcast where i just talk about you know kind of just whatever um it's tough right now because of the strike there's not like and 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 i couldn't talk about final fantasy 16 because i was saving it for this so um but uh but head over there uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack for that and other rewards uh like the thunderquack uh, perfect 10 pop quiz which uh good good luck tim on doing the the uh <laughs> the pop quiz tri- 10 trivia questions about this perfect 10 uh but uh until next time remember it's not about the score it's about the love stay geeky everyone thunderquack perfect 10 is hosted by me michael cohen Follow us on Twitter at ThunderQuackPod, on Instagram at ThunderQuackPodcast, on Facebook at ThunderQuack, and join us on Discord at ThunderQuack.com Discord. Support the podcast by heading to Patreon.com ThunderQuack to get early access, bonus episodes, and the ThunderQuack Perfect 10 Pop Quiz. 
Thunderquack Perfect 10 is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.